0: Good morning, it is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio, that would make me Glenn, it would make him Griffin. Happy to have the Baltimore County Police Department back with us here on GCR,
1: love them. It's good news when they're on our side. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I haven't been arrested once since we, uh, this is remarkable really when you think about all of the many things. The funny part yesterday was I actually called to see if they could arrest Griffin for his for his pats on the ass. And they were I, like, they were confused. They were like, wait, was he just walking around town patting people on the ass? And I was like, no, 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 no. See, he was doing it wrong. And they were like, wait, was, wait what? I, I guess I should apologize. It, it was very confusing for the Baltimore County oh, Police yeah. Department. By the time we got to the end of it, they said, no, this is not the problem you're making it out to be. And I said, oh, yes, it is. But uh, I guess we kind of agreed to disagree about how it'll be handled moving forward. So good news for you. Yeah, yeah, good news. Yeah. I
1: mean, I, I guess I should apologize. I, You know, I after s- sitting on it a little bit longer yesterday, looking back over, you know, some of the big highlights, Lamar did have a very, very yeah, good game. Yeah, giddy! And I... I <laughs> I probably should have had him over Nelson Aguilar (laughs) in my pats on the ass (laughs) if I could go back. But, you know, coming out of the game, that is how I felt. So I still stand by my original feelings. But Lamar did have a very good game. If I could have it back. Let's
0: not do this again today. (laughs) Let's not. (laughs) I had a lot of feedback that maybe you went a little too long with that. Yeah, maybe I did. wasn't my choice. I'm not the one so we're moving on plus there was an exhilarating baseball game it, it was yeah it. um all right anyway the baltimore county police department is back with us join baltimorecountypd.com is the website for you to find out how you could maybe if you've been thinking about a different career path and maybe you're just not fulfilled by what it is that you're doing and i think that's a you know when we first started with the baltimore county police department we were coming out of covid and people n- needed jobs and I don't know, the unemployment rate's pretty good these days, so maybe you don't need a job, but you're just stuck. You just don't enjoy the job you have, and you want to do something that you think is a bit more meaningful. There are a lot of paths within the Baltimore County Police Department, things that you can do. I, I, I would just wander over. Join baltimorecountypd.com. Extraordinarily competitive salaries, great bonus packages available. They're looking for you. And if you want to be the change that we talk about within community policing, then this is your opportunity to step up and uh, join the Baltimore County Police Department. And another thing, too, I've heard from a lot of people. I posted on Facebook like two weeks ago that I needed an audio engineer for Stevenson football broadcasts. And I got a lot of of people reached out. A lot of people reached out. And a lot of people reached out for their sons, said... Kind of need to get them kick started. Get them need a kick in the butt. If that's what you're struggling with, is someone who's uh, failing to launch, if you will. The cadet program is a great way to go about considering whether or not this is the direction for that young person in your life. So again, join dot com is the website. I encourage you to check it out and uh, get signed up. <sighs> love having the Baltimore County Police Department with us here on GCR. Much to do on the program today. Coming up this hour, Kadri Ismail joins us. We'll talk more about the Ravens win yesterday and Ryan Ripkin on uh, what was just another thrilling win for the Baltimore Orioles last night. I wonder how many how, if you know we know Mr. Uh, Ripkin likes to drink some tequila. So I wonder if he will uh pass along whether he like the his finest performance hung over in his life because, my God, was that a performance last night from the Baltimore Orioles. While I, and I know the young people clearly were fine, but those that were a little up, like Aaron Hicks, my God. How was he possibly able to play baseball? How was Brandon Hyde capable of functioning, more or less trying to figure out
1: all the the machinations? It, yeah, no, the he almost inning? wasn't functioning. That was wild, Jack. Was he buying time, I guess, or was he, no, no, no. he it was knew very exactly much, what he was doing. No, yeah, I mean obviously it made sense, yeah. Yes, it made but complete sense. It was a little bit of both.
0: No. It okay. was just he was sharper than I will ever be. <laughs> I'll never yeah, I mean I'll never be that drunk again in my life. Well, I say that. I did a drinking show. Never mind. Take it back, other than the drinking show. Um Once a year. later on in the program it is uh Tuesday, so we will catch up with Pressbox's Joe Serpico to preview waiver wire Wednesday. Nick Chubb owners, unfortunately. Uh, gonna have to hope that nobody swipes Jerome Ford out from underneath them, but we'll talk about that. And also, we will uh, talk about, uh, or we will talk to Michael Pierce. So I'm looking forward to that. One of my favorites, of course, Ravens defensive tackle. We'll check in with us as well. Oh, and I'll uh, I'll do the Dunkin' Spice thing at the end yes. of the show today too. Yes. So all that coming up on the program today. Yeah. As far as last night is concerned, I I don't know what else there is to say. That one inexplicable. Uh, utterly completely inexplicable and inexplicable on multiple levels because it's it, like we can joke about the hungover thing and we can joke but it's more the the emotional letdown that you would expect after a day like that and then having to get on a plane yes, while you're hungover like the emotional letdown that you would expect to come and putting going up against Justin Verlander on top of it and your bullpen melting down. And that gets into, like, as much as you enjoy the win, the conversation remains. I did my uh, regular hit on my buddy Soren Petro's show out in uh, Kansas City yesterday, and he was like, can the Orioles do this? And I said, Soren, I really don't... I I guess it depends on what can they do this means. If it means can they win the division, yes. If it means can they win the World Series... I would still say probably not because I just don't know if they have enough pitching. But we'll bring it up with Ryan Ripken because, like, he was pulling out last night. Like, like, have the second best ERA in the American League. Like, why, why are we still? Quite, like, this is not abnormal. Teams having pitching problems, and maybe that's true. Like, tell me which team is going into the postseason thinking their bullpen is unflappable.
1: I guess the only one you would, would would have thought would be the Astros, but you know, and then what the happened Orioles, last yeah, night? Orioles get to them. So,
0: like, I understand the argument is we because we feel it every day, we think it's a disaster here, but we're not watching every other team every night, and we know that the Orioles are scoring runs in late innings. Although apparently before Sunday, they'd only won one game that they were trailing. Yeah, in the, well,
1: entering the ninth, I believe, it was or was it after the eighth?
0: Yeah, but that's kind of uh, – it had to be entering the ninth because, yeah. like, they've definitely had games where a team where they, scored. And, like, But that seems odd, right? Doesn't it feel like I mean, there have been more of them than that? I, I
1: guess so. I guess because there's been so many eighth inning, I guess, And then that might be comebacks. what it is. Is just yeah. we
0: we're, we we associate heroics, and so it just happens to be that they weren't ninth inning yeah, heroics seventh, necessarily. Eighth. Or they were tie games in the ninth mm. inning, something like that. Um, But it felt odd that it was only one before that because it felt like there's been more of those moments as the season's gone on. But I get the point. The point is we're panicked about it because we're seeing it all the time. I I used to do a bullpen confidence power rankings bit. I, I have no idea how I would possibly do that at this point. Somehow Felix Batista with one arm would still be number one and nobody else above like number eight on the list of guys that I have confidence in in the bullpen. You just never know. Um, You know, Fujinami was a mess last night. It was unacceptable. It was a disaster. But Jacob Webb wasn't a lot better. It it ain't good. It's concerning. But that might just sort of be the nature of baseball. It might be that in the playoffs, that's how you got to win games. Remember, Game 7 of the Cubs-Indians World Series was kind of like this. Like, everybody gave up runs. It might be that's the nature of playoff baseball. And that's scary AF, particularly because you tend to have shorter hooks for your starting pitchers. (laughs) You're like, yeah, we're going to put in this bullpen? Like, this is who we're going to turn to in the fourth inning of a game with the season on the line? Okay. (laughs) Godspeed, John Glenn. Like, I mean, I guess... I, I I I'm happy that the Orioles bats have completely snapped out of the funk.
1: I'm I'm very happy that that's we don't have to talk about that anymore. Right. I mean the problem I guess is the problem is if they do another one of these offensive slumps and it's in October. I mean that's probably going to be the end of the. Oh, it will be a hundred percent. They go
0: through another four game offensive slump. It's over. Like you can't you can't have that happen in the playoffs. You're not going to have enough pitching in order to be able to overcome that. And that's why, again, when when I'm asked the question, no, I don't think they're going to win the World Series. But as I said back to my buddy in Saran in Kansas City, but you know that's kind of moving the goalpost for this team. Like it's a complicated conversation that we're having. You're here, so it's you know it's it's like Rick, uh, not Rick Vaughn, Charlie, don't know who the hell, Jake Taylor, in Major League. Well, we might as well go ahead and win the whole effing thing. Like we're here, you might as well do it. But at the same time. It's not reasonable to think that that was the individual goal for this team, nor is it a fair measurement for success. So they're all kind of conflating at the same time. And it's also that you look around at the American League and you're like, right, but who can't you beat? I get it. We know there are definitively teams in the National League that are better. Like there's unquestionably better teams, too, that are indisputably better than the Baltimore Orioles in the National League. But who is definitively, indisputably better than the Orioles in the American League?
1: I mean, yeah, they—they've shown that they are they hang in with every every single team in the American League. Which doesn't mean they couldn't League. lose to any yeah. of these teams in the playoffs.
0: But let's make that clear, right? Like they could definitely lose to any other team in the American League playoffs because they're not definitively better than just about anybody. That's going to be in the postseason.
1: And the two national league teams you were talking about were the Padres and the Cardinals, right? Yes. And those are definitively those the two beat. teams that yeah. are, can't go figure, right?
0: Adam Wainwright got his two hundredth yeah. win. I don't know what I'm supposed to do there. Go for him. Go for him. Thank you for, for your him. service. i what do I for I don't know. Yeah. What, what do you say? <laughs> like oblade, oh, oblada. Oh, it's also what a world we're in where like now two hundred wins is being celebrated like that. But is a hundred shy. Of what we always treated as the marker, like the marker for a successful baseball career or a successful starting pitching career, was three hundred wins, but we just know we're not going to see that again. So we've moved the meter not to two fifty, all the way back to two hundred. But again, well, there's
1: like he's like the fourth active pitcher to reach four, or two hundred. So did I know that?
0: There's there's three other active pitchers. Yeah. So
1: Verlander, yep, Scherzer. And
0: Granky? I believe. I believe that's it. it. Makes sense, yeah. right? Like those. Are the, I don't know who else it could be.
1: Sale. Sale's not at two hundred, no. is he? No. No. Could you imagine? It's got to be those three. Yeah. Oh, actually, it was the fifth. Sorry, I forgot oh. one. There's one more.
0: Who am I not thinking of? It's not Sale.
1: It's not Sale. It is a lefty. It is
0: a left a lefty who has two hundred career wins. Um, man, why am I not? Yeah, I mean, I? it
1: is obvious, but I mean, I guess, you, you know, he just hasn't really done much this year, I guess.
0: Uh, what the heck? He hasn't done much this year. So I'm,
1: maybe I'm struggling with the idea that he's active. He may, no, I mean, he, he's clearly, like, when you, when you remember, he is active, but I he said just hasn't Verland, pitched a ton. He just Verlander, hasn't pitched a ton. Scherzer. Oh, um,
2: uh, Kershaw. Yes, Clayton yeah, yeah, Kershaw. Kershaw. Clayton okay. Kershaw.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Then nope. The next closest to 200 Is among it. active pitchers, Is Johnny Cueto, 144. I didn't know Johnny Cueto was still active. He's doing I stuff. Out. I think he's helped the Marlins out a little bit. Oh, that's right. I did. <laughs> Never mind. I did know that. I did know. 144, though. So I don't he's know a... how we. I don't know how we got here yeah, talking
0: yeah. about an Orioles win last night. Uh, I also don't know how to talk to our kids about Cedric Mullins. I've been thinking about that a lot recently. Like, I don't know how to have the conversation about Cedric Mullins. I don't know how to explain someone who's been so hit or miss. Like, everybody knows that I love, I I adore Cedric Mullins on multiple levels. As a baseball player, as a human, everyone knows. I go on about it constantly. But I don't know how I would, like, if if my son was a little bit older and was like, so he's the greatest baseball player of all time? And I'd be like, well, no. Like, right, but he's the best player on the team? Like, well, no. (laughs) Okay, so why do you adore him so much? Well, it's hard to explain. I don't know how to talk to my kids about Cedric Mullins. He's got the most insane range of any outfielder that I've seen in a very long time. And I guess we're kind of, i mean, maybe this the advanced metrics would say something different. Are we starting to feel like the arm isn't the liability that we thought it was?
1: I mean. Like, in
0: fairness, probably the only reason why they tried to score. I don't remember who was on third base was, last night. Was
1: it Jordan Alvarez? Might have been Alvarez. Or Abreu? I can't remember. I don't think it
0: was a speedster. Yeah. And so I think the only reason why they even attempted that was because it was Cedric Mullins. And they do disrespect his arm. Mm-hmm. Because it was way too shallow for that to have been a good idea. That was not a good idea. Although did somebody I didn't watch the replay because I was also at trivia and also watching. It was
1: very close. They didn't challenge. Yeah, it was very very close. I I saw Twitter telling
0: me that like there was a chance that he was Mm -hmm. safe. He wasn't. I don't know how to tell you that. Uh, Recorded as an out. Game over. Well, no big deal for them. At least they didn't need that run later. Right. (laughs) All's good because they got a runner to third base with one out in the ninth inning. They definitely got that guy home. Correct. (laughs) They didn't waste that, did they? Not the Houston Astros. They couldn't have done that. I don't know how to explain it. it th- this guy has a a feel for the moment. We talk about Adam Frazier and his heroics, and like statistically Adam Frazier is one of the best hitters in baseball in big situations, which is just insane because otherwise he's fairly a Very, decent yeah. hitter. But it's so much more than that with Cedric Mullins. It was Alvarez, by the way. Alvarez. Yes. It's so much more than that. It's the flair for the dramatic that goes beyond just the situation, but somehow the result. Like a double off the wall would have been flair for the dramatic last night. Of course he had a home run. Of course he did. He's Cedric Mullins. And of course he had a, a masterful defensive play in the same game. Of course he did. That's what he does. The Cedric the Entertainer shtick is the best way to possibly describe it we adore Cedric Mullins because it's an experience watching Cedric Mullins play baseball unfortunately this season you've got a lot of strikeouts too unfortunately this season there's been a lot of frustrating but you just know you can't even get down on him when he's going through one of these slumps because you just know he's gonna be responsible for three more of the biggest hits that the team gets all season and all of the best defensive plays. All of them. All of the memorable defensive plays are going to be made by Cedric Mullins to the point where we can't even remember all of them anymore. How are we possibly going to attempt to put together a list of all of Cedric? If you did a list of the Orioles highlights of the season, I am now more and more convinced that Cedric Mullins is responsible for 50% of my favorite baseball moments in my life. In your life. (laughs) In my life, God, there, it's, it's the, you know, you can't escape him. It's yeah. the, it's Cedric Mullins again. I can't escape him. Have we ever tried tracking that guy down? Uh, he came a. to a. Baltimore. A. Yeah, a. A. little man. right? Yeah. little man. Um, I, I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. I don't know a, a good way to make sense of it. It's, it's unreal. It's really unreal that he continues to do this. And again, we know he's not the MVP of the league. We know he didn't have ultimately an all-star season as he dealt with these slumps coming back from injury a couple of times. I mean, there was a time early on in the year where he was definitely going to be an all-star and he was the team MVP early on in the season. That didn't, But yet we all, every single one of us, still believe that the Orioles should extend Cedric Mullins and commit to him for the next five years because this. Because you get this. Because no one understands the moment better than Cedric Mullins does. It's hard, man. Like, it's really hard to define it's easy to say someone's having a good season. Like, we know how to define the Ryan O'Hearn thing, who, again, had a just a wonderful night again last night. We know how to define it because there are numbers that back it up. We can look at Ryan O'Hearn's numbers and say, beyond just it being a special story, right, beyond him sort of being rescued from anonymity and given this opportunity with no expectations and delivering, like, the numbers back up definitively. Ryan O'Hearn is having an exceptional season. And the Orioles, like all of a sudden have to think about what this looks like moving forward with O'Hearn and Santander and Kerstad and Mountcastle. They got a mess of right fielder, first baseman, DHs. Good problem to have. Not suggesting that it's a problem problem, but they're going to have to figure it out because Ryan O'Hearn has to be a part of the equation. The season has been that good. But you can define That You can use numbers and say, here's how we know Ryan O'Hearn is having an exceptional season. What number do you use to define the season that Cedric Mullins has had? It's it's very difficult, and yet we all know. Every single one of us that has watched the Orioles throughout the course of the season knows the impact that Cedric Mullins has had. I've seen a lot of people talk, um, I don't have a most valuable Oriole vote because I don't really cover the team. I think at some point they're probably gonna take away my Ravens MVP vote too because I stopped. Like they kept they kept including me despite in the fact that I don't think I've been to Owings Mills in four years at this point. Well, not to the facility anyway. I've been to Owings Mills. Um, I saw everybody talking about how the ballots went out this week for Most Valuable Oriole, and I was like, dude, I have no earthly idea because it was going to be Felix, of course. But like now, I guess Gunner it defaults to Gunner. Like I assume that's who everybody's gonna vote for. But how do you define valuable? Maybe like, it's Rhino Hearn. Yeah. he's been really good. Maybe it's like you could make an argument that for value Cedric Mullins has been that guy. You can't because he was hurt twice. Like I understand. But God, I and I it look, I who am I kidding? It's going to be Gunner. Gunner's gonna be MVP. Yeah, Although you could make I an guess. argument for Kyle Bradish, like a strong argument for Kyle Braddish. I just don't think yeah, the, I, that he'll win it over somebody who plays it. kind of like
1: yesterday's pats on the ass. You could really go with anyone. Yeah, you could
0: really do that, couldn't you? <laughs> Except for who you went with. <laughs> All right. Uh, today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Our next guest, of course, you see him on WJZ 13, and he is a former Ravens wide receiver, Super Bowl champion. He is our buddy, Kadri Ismail, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Kadri, it's Glenn. It's always great to catch up, brother. Thank you for taking the time for us. Appreciate
3: you having me on as always,
0: brother. Man, what a world we're living in where the Baltimore Ravens have wide receiver depth. Can you In this economy, can you believe that we have reached a time in history where the Baltimore Ravens gonna have a wide receiver go out and can have confidence in the next guy that comes up and plays. It is literally something we have never seen before.
3: Well, I think we saw it at times throughout the Ravens history. We just haven't seen it consistently, perhaps maybe say a team like in their own division of the Pittsburgh Steelers, where they've had, you know, going back to their placement birthdays all the way through the Heinz Board era and been gracious like you just keep on going they just kept producing you know big time receivers after big time receivers you know Antonio Brown was you know one of their latest greatest and all that and then current day but I think you know for what the Ravens have done in the offseason and now where they're at currently it's it's really cool it's cool to see that uh yeah you know a, a great receiver like Odell Beckham goes down and you have Nelson Aguilar out there catching
0: babies. Yep, it was remarkable. I mean, it was remarkable. Kadri, I, I was I was asked this question yesterday because I I came out of that game being very excited about the second half play calling and just how in control Lamar Jackson seemed to be. But I don't know how to define it, right? Like I can't give you a number that defines them. They only scored twenty seven points for the game. Like I, I don't know how to d- to say this, but. Were you as uplifted as I was about how good this offense looked, how much Todd Munkin mixed things up during the course of that game, and that there's reason to think they're still ascending, they're still getting comfortable within this offense. They clearly were playing with a depleted offensive line that played brilliantly. Um, how, How encouraged were you with this being a sign of what this team can do in this Todd Munkin offense?
3: Well, I, I think it, it starts right there, what you said, with the offensive line. Um, you know, D.J. Reeler and company, for, for what we saw last year and, and how they get after the quarterback uh, to, to nullify their rush, to nullify their pressure on Lamar, that, that's where it starts. The offensive line, Mustafa and company did just a, an amazing job Uh, Zeitler was just all over the field, very aggressive and, uh, just dominating at the point of attack as well. Moses, all of them, um, McCary, like he should, you know, they, they got the lion's, uh, claw or spear, however, you know, you define (laughs) that, uh, piece of, uh, hardware that John Harbaugh gives out after the game and he gave it to the offensive line. Like my God, man, they, they, they were very deserving of it. Um, because it allows for the next por- uh, portion of what you were saying with Todd Munkin and Lamar Jackson, for them to operate efficiently. Yeah. You, you you make li- uh, changes at the line of scrimmage. You, you call out different plays, but none of it matters if you're running for your life or if you don't have time to execute, and Lamar had time to execute. And, you know, I don't scoff at, you know, what did they would you say 27 points they put up yep like that's not something to scoff at in a division game no on the road no doubt this early in the year i mean that's quite impressive so it was a very uh impressive performance by the the offensive staff and the starts with the offensive line
0: I, I don't want to fall into hyperbole Kadri, because i know like you know jamal lewis ran for 296 yards in a game once upon a time so i want to be careful about it but it given the circumstances given that you were without Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Linderbaum it it felt like that might have been one of the most remarkable performances by an offensive line that we've ever witnessed in Baltimore i mean the the hold it's not just no sacks it's Trey Hendrickson didn't have a pressure it's the Patrick McCarry story is becoming one of the cooler stories in all of football to me i i i do, again i don't want to just fall in and say that's the best thing i've ever seen but given the circumstances It is up there amongst the greatest offensive line performances I've ever seen from the Baltimore Ravens.
3: It is in the conversation, and you're absolutely right. I think, uh, you know, the job that they did, you know, maybe it might not be uh, Jamal Lewis-esque, but it is right up there. Um, I I think, you know, for what it was as far as, like, backups going in there Mm -hmm. and not missing a beat, the quality of the defensive line, I am telling you, that D-line has given this team fits, yep. and, and they were held at bay. Uh, yeah, that, that, that was a performance of the ages.
0: I, I, it, was, it was mesmerizing, man. It was something to behold. He is Kadri Ismail. He is with us here on GCR. Kadri, you know, after week one and, of course, the J.K. Dobbins thing, which was, you know, it, it, just awful. Um, there was some hubbub about Jonathan Taylor this week. There are still some Ravens fans. There's rumors about Cam Akers being on the block, and there's rumors there. What did you see from Justice Hill and Gus Edwards? Did it Was that enough for you to say comfortably, like, the Ravens don't need to mess with this. That They have the guys, you know, Melvin Gordon could still get involved. Keaton Mitchell maybe could still get involved down the road. Was that enough for you to say? Look, they don't need. They don't need. They don't need outside help. They've got the guys they need.
3: So again, you know the the magnitude of the moment. It was imperative that they run the ball in the fourth quarter uh, to assert their dominance and run out the clock, and they did just that. So yeah, kudos to them. Kudos to Gus Edwards. Kudos to to Deathless Hill. You know, kudos to. Them being prepared and not clinching. Um Again, you know, it's what have you done for me lately? And I think for general managers, uh, you know, probably going out there from a scouting aspect of things, and you know, saying, "Hey, we got to do this, or we got to do that. We got to prepare for this. We got to prepare for that." And let's see who's out there. Well, now he's like, "Okay, okay, all right." You know, if I'm EDC, I'm like, I don't have to worry about this position just yet let me look at other positions and and we'll keep this on the back burner so I think uh you know they put up in a pressure situation and kudos to them for doing so
0: I thought they they offered a little decent mix too right like the Justice Hill I don't want to say played like J.K. Dobbins because we 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 can't sometimes we miss it on J.K. Dobbins like the dude has led the league in yards per carry twice like J.K. Dobbins is special unfortunately he's just dealt with injuries. But the concepts seem similar, right? Like that Justice Hill is in as the guy that's going to catch passes and you're trying to get the outside, Gus Edwards being the between the two, It seemed like a similar concept to maybe what we would have expected from J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards.
3: So I think what we what you're saying and saying is that there are some similarities in their style. Yeah. Um, and I could agree with that, yes. Uh, yes, there is a reason why... Uh, Justice Hill was the backup, and there's a reason why you had J.K. as a starter, but for J.K. to go down, the backup needs to come in there and play now with the role he has as a starter and use his talent and skill set. And I think his talent and skill set complement what the Ravens are trying to do with Gus Edwards' skill set and the way he is built as a running back. So it all goes hand in hand, and I think the fact that you know you see – him taking advantage of it, Justice Hill,
0: that's a good thing. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Kadri, um, the only thing that I would say, maybe a concern, after week one, the edge rush looked pretty good, and Adafi Owe had a great game. Obviously, he was kind of quiet, and then he got hurt in this game, and there was almost no rush whatsoever. And even a banged up Joe Burrow started to look like he was very comfortable in the second half. How much does that continue to be a concern for you? I, I just. I know that we wanna give patience to David Ajabo and time, but boy, I, I don't know how long you can continue to let quarterbacks look comfortable. And I, I the secondary did a, again an amazing job given everything they were up against. I we can't stress how well the secondary held up given how little how depleted they were, but it just felt like they were not getting much of a lift at all from the edge. rush.
3: Golly, boy. Uh they didn't clown me. Like I, he came he along in like, the fourth quarter, made some right plays.
0: You're right. You're right.
3: I mean, I don't even like want to play anymore. I I'm just gonna take my ball and go home now. Man. Like I thought I was doing. Something. I have this cool, unique number in 24. And right. gosh, you know, I I thought I was, you know, Raven now. And you guys didn't hold it against me that I. Once played
0: for the Cleveland Browns. Okay. Wait, okay. I, he was okay good. All right. I am always going to be for you. You coming after me? I'm always going to be for that because I deserve it. But are you are you comfortable enough that that's what you're getting from Javion Clowney, game in and game out this season?
3: So my point is, is that for what this game needed, he stepped up. For the way in which uh, Carson, or I was going to say Carson Palmer. The way in which Joe Burrow was getting rid of the ball so doggone quickly, it was it was definitely tough to get to Joe. They had a game plan of, hey, we gotta get rid of the ball to protect him from you know getting pressured. And there were plenty of times where they got pressure to him and he was inaccurate with throwing the ball. So <clears throat> it was there. It's just a matter of, yeah, sure. You do want, you know, Adape Owe, we'll see as far as the ankle is concerned. Right. We do want David Ajabo and all those guys to do what they have to do, but the counter to pressure is getting rid of the football, and that's what we saw was the counterattack and it was a good strong counterattack.
0: I, I'm with you on that. I, I and again, I, I'm not I don't think I'm nervous about the Ravens defense. I I think that if anything through two games I'm wildly encouraged, right? The play of the secondary has been better than I expected it to be. And what can't be undersold is I, I, I can't come up with enough superlatives to talk about Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. I mean, like, I, I it, it's insane to say this considering the history of the Baltimore Ravens at the position. But as far as duos are concerned, this is starting to rank up there with one of the great duos in franchise history, Uh, Patrick queen looks like he's going to be in the the neighborhood of an $18 million a year contract like that. To me, I think more, more so than I, I felt the coming into the year, I'm encouraged by the play of the Ravens defense as a whole.
3: Absolutely. And and that's what I'm saying. Like there's so much there that is good that I think, you know, we, as the fan base kind of nitpick at things, you know, I, I was listening to, uh, you know, the, the voices on, on X, and they basically were like, ah, oh, but the offensive line, they had so many penalties. I'm like, are, are you no. mad? Right. Did you not watch the game? Did you not see, you know, did you not see Joe Burrow get rid of the football very quickly so the defensive front, you know, couldn't get to him? Both things were, were literally, one, you had the D-line for, for uh, Cincinnati flopping, on certain situations and the refs were like, Oh my God. Right. And it was fine line between like, that should have just been a flag you hold and throwing then on the flip side of it. Yeah. Joe Burrow is, you know, the, the highest paid quarterback for a reason because he's trying to get rid of the football. and just so happens. He has a a, 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 you know, trio of receivers that all you gotta do is just fit it between a tight window and they're going to make the play for him. And, and they did that. So I think yeah, nitpick for sure, but nitpick with intelligence. And I think that's where, you know, I kind of draw the line in the sand and say, man, a, a team like Cincinnati, yep. on the road, hostile environment, you got injuries to key positions, and the way the defensive uh, front played, the way the secondary played, uh, the way the stars of the of the, the linebacking core, like you just mentioned, played – the way uh, Nelson Aguilar and others stepped in and played in the midst of of, of, of some adversity, um, the way Lamar Jackson was able to be composed, like all of that, that was a great, strong, powerful team win.
0: I, I couldn't agree more. It was that good. Uh, Kadri, you and I have never talked about this. I want to let you go by discussing this. The, it popped up again on Thursday night. I've always wondered for you as a receiver – the fumble the ball through the end zone rule. The fumble, and on Thursday it was over the pylon. As a, as football fans, we hate it. We we think it's the dumbest rule that ever has existed nope. in sports, that you're two inches away from scoring a touchdown, and then at, at any other place on the field you just get the ball back, but here you literally give the ball back to the other team. You, of course, had to deal with the rule and probably were taught this is why you don't extend in these circumstances this is why you protect the ball there are, are you this is an insane rule it needs to be fixed or everyone knows this is the rule i have no sympathy for someone that ends up losing their team possession in this process
3: no i i, I hear everything you're saying i think it is a, a gray area that i'd love to, to see in, in the fairness of the game and and You know, not necessarily. So, for example, that means that when every time a quarterback gets sacked at the one-and-a-half-inch yard line, you give him the benefit of the doubt rather than Mm. giving the defense Mm. a safety.
0: That's a great point. That's a great comparison.
3: If you're doing that that way, then how come you can't do it the other way on the other side of the field when it's a scenario where the offense, you know, yes, fumbled the ball, but you're giving them the benefit of the doubt.
0: I would just think that you go back. I've, I've said it for years, and I've stopped really getting angry about it because it's clearly not changing. But why do you not just go back to the spot of the fumble the way that you would do, say, last night when there was a turnover and the Browns fumble it out of bounds, and everybody says, oh, we know what to All do right. here. They get the ball. It's, it's bonkers to me, just bonkers to me. All right, uh, remind everybody about uh, what you're doing and how you can improve their lives and make them actual physical specimens and not, as you like to describe me, skinny fat.
3: Well, I mean, you are skinny fat, and that's something that your visceral fat is going to have to deal with, and hopefully your liver will be okay. I don't know. But if you want to, take it to the next level, com. That's mistletraining, with two eyes dot com. You can go to my website, check it out. And at the same time, it's from six years old to all the way up to my oldest client, 83 years old. He just finished competing in the maryland senior olympics and took second in the 50 meter uh breaststroke 50 meter breaststroke and uh very proud of richard and did an awesome job but human movement and sports performance is what i do
0: that is that is awesome that's really impressive of course at i am cadria smile uh, wjz 13 where you can see him always appreciate you brother love you thanks for taking the time for
3: indeed always brother
0: anytime Adria Smile with us here on GCR. Can we grab a break? Is that okay? When we come back in, Ryan Ripkin will check in with us. We'll get some thoughts on another exhilarating Orioles win and try to let him make sense of whether we should be as nervous as we are about the bullpen. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio.
2: for life with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410 887 5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license, and a high school diploma or GED equivalent.
4: Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it, set a budget and a time to stop. It.
5: All aboard! The Orioles train keeps on moving, and it's ahead of schedule. The birds are motoring towards a playoff run here in 2023 as their magic number keeps getting smaller and smaller. I'm Paul Valley, and you can find me along with Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here on the Bataround. We'll navigate you through the playoff push as the Orioles look to put an exclamation point on what is turning out to be the best season of the last 40 years. So join us on the Orioles train and let's enjoy the ride together right here on the Bataround around
0: visit harford county this fall celebrate arts across harford september 15th through the 30th with dance theater music and visual arts september 29th through october 1st is the largest italian festival in maryland featuring entertainment cooking demonstrations a bocce tournament and family fun if you're headed to the maryland five star stay and play in harford county while you're there enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches corn mazes and fall brews along their harford light Trail. For more info, head to visit harford.com. Maryland open. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's
6: a few checklist items. Quality of the food? Check. Quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious
3: steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes.
1: The latest edition of Pressbox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find and the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com.
7: Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Don't
5: forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR. All right, back in here on GCR. Don't forget that
0: when you use the code Glenn Clark G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K 23, G L E N N C L A R K 2323, you will get a $250 same day first bet match win or lose up to $250. I got to keep saying it the right way. Up to $250. So in fairness, if your first bet is $75, you're going to get $75. If it's $5, you're getting $5 in first bet match. Free bets. If it's $750, you're getting $250. That's the way that it works. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23. G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. In order to take advantage, Superbook. Dot .com Superbook app and use that code in order to get that first bet match. What the last couple of days has been for the Baltimore Orioles just it's always darkest before the dawn they say right and like just when we were all panicked everything changes over the course of the last 3 days again and it's a reminder that that has been the story of this team all season long. Joining us now, a man who, yeah, held on and defeated me in fantasy football this weekend, and I'm not thrilled about that. i got to deal with... Might need to go quarterback shopping at some point. Ugh, Justin Fields. God, what idiot was all in on the Bears coming into this season? He's our buddy Ryan Ripkin from 105.7 The Fan, and he's with us again here on GCR. What's going on, pal? How are you?
8: Uh, you know what? I'm... Uh doing good especially fantasy wise i'm sorry about that i will say this though you're not alone my league at home uh with my buddies growing up i was all on the justin fields train uh and i had to sweat one out this week uh, with him as well and um yeah you know how about the
0: bears hang on a second i actually i actually confuse leagues this is my tua league Damn it! Oh, well, perfect. I know. I and I'm happy about Tua, but yet I still somehow lost to you because oh, I've I went heavy on Isaiah Pacheco. Oh, I really did in like every league, go heavy on Isaiah Pacheco, and that really screwed me. So I lost to you, despite the fact that I am the owner of Puka Nakua in that league. You shouldn't be able to lose in fantasy football right now when you have Puka Nakua. Ah. That yeah, is he's
8: dropping us the thirty spot. Yeah, God. well, I'm sorry. Hey, you know what? We'll we'll, we'll 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 play again later. Yes, this year, but yes. I'm not I'll owe you
0: one. Yeah, yeah. I bet you aren't. I bet you aren't. I left <sighs> Kyron Williams and his twenty-eight points sitting on the bench. Ah, <sighs> that's very frustrating. Love to see it. Yeah, I bet you do. I bet you do. All right. Um, you you continue. You uh, clearly are not as concerned as everybody else is about the bullpen, right? Like, we know you continue to be a Fujinami believer despite, you know, what was brutal, obviously, last night. Um, and you were sharing some stats about ERA that really kind of jumped out at me. I feel like a lot of the rest of us are panicked. Like, I, I asked this question yesterday on another radio hit that I did elsewhere in the country. They were like, hey, can the Orioles do this this year? And I said, well, can they win the division? Yes, of course they can win the division. Can they win the World Series? I don't think so because I just ultimately don't think they're going to have enough pitching in order to be able to pull it off. Tell me why you might have a little more faith about that possibility than I do.
9: Yeah, I
8: have faith because when it, when it comes down to the stretch, honestly, this is what this is the reality of it. In The playoffs: can you win a series? Can you and then can you stack up winning series? The Orioles have done that very well. And if you look around, what's going on? Yes, there it does help when you have teams and bullpens uh, you know, pitchers, anybody that has playoff experience, right. That always helps, especially when you're pitching well, but if you're looking at the body of work. The Orioles body of work is, is tremendous, especially their team ERA bullpen wise. And, and despite the struggles and obviously Felix Batista is a big reason for that, for that number being so low, but the Orioles are still second in team bullpen ERA in all of baseball. So Why I have confidence is because it seems that even if something goes wrong, they find a way to get it done. And even last night when it wasn't a great outing from some of their guys, and it was, you know, John Means tremendous outing. And then you squander it, but the Astros are a great team. But then how about their their closer, their guy gives it up in the night, you know? So I think those are the moments of saying everyone's human, it's going to happen. Can you find a way to get it done? And the Orioles find a way to get it done. That's why I believe they can still find a way even without Felix Batista.
0: So it feels like what you're saying is, and this is the way I was trying to describe it, because when sharing the bullpen ERA numbers really jumped out at me, the concern that we have here is because we watch every game. The truth is that every bullpen is kind of like this, that there's probably not a team in baseball it was funny because Griffin and I were joking earlier, and he was like, well, maybe before last night the Astros would have been the team that said they're comfortable with their bullpen, but, you know, we saw how uh-huh. that went. That, that basically every, all of the good teams, even all of the playoff teams, are feeling about the same way about their bullpen, which is on some nights they're great, on some nights they might implode. That, that It's not like that you're going up against teams that are just going to shut you down every time that you play them.
8: Yeah, I and mean, the reality is, you know, the back ends of playoff bullpens, yes, are supposed to be good, but they're not invincible. You know, and actually, you want to talk about a team that had the, the highest aspirations, now they're scratching and clawing to make the playoffs. The Texas Rangers, I believe, have blown seven games having a lead going into the eighth inning, I think in like the last like yeah. three weeks or, or month or whatever it is. There's some strange stat out there. But imagine being a Texas Rangers fan where you feel like, man, I got one of the best lineups in the in baseball. We feel like we have a really good staff, and yet we found ourselves blowing game after game. Um, the, the Rays, to me, probably still, and we saw it, the Rays have a very good bullpen. They have a very good pitching staff. But even their guy, Fairbanks, gave it up at the, in the final game that helped uh, the Orioles come back and, and win. An extra inning. So yeah, the reality is no one's going to be perfect. And of course it makes you more stressed when you, when you don't have your all world closer. I think that's where it all comes down to, right? Is that the Orioles don't have their guy, but can other guys step up despite some up and down moments that you got to ride out? Absolutely. But it also does help you have a team that believes no matter what's going on, even if they give up a lead, they're going to come firing right back, which we saw last night. Uh, they kept scratching and clawing and gained a half game on the race.
0: Are, are you holding out any – like, I have really wavered. I, I Every time that we would see a video of Felix Batista throwing or playing catch or whatever, I would say to myself, uh, okay, I get it. It, it doesn't hurt you. But this isn't actually going to happen. There's no way this is really going to happen, and yet it just continues to seem like it's trending towards something. Are, are you like starting to think it is possible that Felix Batista throws another pitch before this season is over?
8: It's it's strange, you know. And obviously, you're encouraged when you see Felix out there throwing long toss, you know, and then a bullpen. Uh, but you're sitting there going, "What? What the heck does UCL damage mean mm. in this scenario?" Right? You know, and and as a baseball guy and being around, and I'm like, I I, I can't say I've seen much of this, you know. Um, but I will say, but I will say, everyone's different, you know. So I, I do know there are certain guys where have been maybe in different scenarios where they try alternative solutions to see if if that works. But, you know, right now in this case, you know, if Batista's coming back, it's a race against the clock. You know, the weeks are dwindling down, and I'm still – I'll just put it this way. I am not going to expect Felix to be back. And, and also for me, I just – I truly do wonder, what is what is him coming back actually look like? Is he going right. to be 100%? Because I still want to hold out. If you're getting an 80% Felix Batista, is that worth it? You could say to win a World Series, sure. But is he going to be as effective, and could he affect your next five years? Because he's a stud. He's going to be a top-end closer for years to come. Is that something you want to sacrifice? That's where I'm trying to figure that that out. But I'm just as confused as you are.
0: He is Ryan Ripken. He is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Ryan, um, the Grayson Rodriguez thing on Saturday was mesmerizing, right? Like, that that was one of the most remarkable things that I've ever witnessed, and— uh, you know, and you know that's in part because we just haven't had this guy in Baltimore. And It's funny because you could argue by numbers that Kyle Bradish has proven himself to be this guy. We just for some reason aren't talking about him that way. But that still seemed like something else on Saturday from Grayson Rodriguez. And it's a fine line for me because I don't want to just suddenly make it so that you know it's either you either he does that every time out or we're disappointed by it, right? I don't want to move the goalpost so significantly. But yet it feels like. That was him announcing, this is who I am moving forward. I am going to be the guy that everybody believed I was going to be coming up through this system.
8: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you said it perfectly. This was for Orioles fans, but they envisioned the expectation that was put on Grayson Rodriguez, and we want to take that back from the beginning. That's what people thought he was going to do when he came up to the big leagues. Mm-hmm. You're going to come out and just absolute, absolutely dominate uh, from the get-go. And the reality is, he's human and he had to figure he had to figure himself out because any every team in the big leagues those are those are the best of the best and those lineups are going to exploit and take advantage of your mistakes he resets and he comes back and and he refines himself and then that confidence shows and then it then with that confidence comes his ability of what everyone had seen in the minor leagues and that ability is to go out and dominate even the best teams in baseball. And that, that game right there on top of it, and this, we'll take this part out uh, on the fact of that he is, has tremendous stuff, throws gas. Let's take out those physical traits, the mentality,
9: mm-hmm.
8: his approach, the ability to be unwavered in the highest situations of stress. This was the game of the year for the Orioles. Your backs are against the wall, and you go out there and you have ice in your veins, and maybe you have Bulldog in you. I don't know. But whatever that was, that's whatever everyone expected from him. And I think for Orioles fans, if you had any doubts of could he do this, well, the answer is yes. And, and quite frankly, you said Kyle Bradish, this is also why you didn't bring in an ace because I think the Orioles were hoping and thought that they had a couple aces on their staff already. And we're starting to see it kind of unfold in front of our eyes, which I think is one of the coolest things to see, to see some guys come up through your system, even though Brad is being traded, but come up to the big leagues and announce their presence, especially this season.
0: Yeah. He's got that proverbial dog in him, if you will. I, I the other end of it, of course, is the discussion about the fourth playoff rotation spot. And I don't know, because John Means has pitched well, right? Like, he's, he's not been overwhelming. He hasn't been, you know, striking people out at a high rate. But he's pitched well, and he's got a lot of experience. But so does Kyle Gibson, who would presumably be the other candidate at this point for that fourth rotation spot. And I think you could make an argument that maybe if Means is going to be limited, perhaps he would be better suited to be the guy that you could have in the bullpen if somebody else, if Dean Kramer were to get in trouble two innings in, that you could turn to him. Where do you line up with the idea of who the fourth postseason starter would be if you had to make the decision today?
8: You know, no oh man. Well, I love what Kyle Gibson has brought to this team on so many levels. And I wasn't sure where John Means was going to be. But I'll tell you what, they got him built up to, you know, 85 mm-hmm. pitches or so. And that was something I was shocked about. I didn't know if he would be ready. But the reality we're looking at is he is. He, he really is. So depending, especially how these last couple weeks go for John, I could see him being the guy because of, of, of uh, recency. Now, I will throw another part out. John also could be matchup based on the sense of if it's a strong right handed sure. dominant lineup, he might have the more advantage over Kyle Gibson, but, but both those guys are going to be in the equation. But I think that the biggest question mark of the two, John means when he's healthy and he's on, he's proven he can be an all-star caliber pitcher. And if, and if he is back and, and yesterday you he, he talked about, it, he's pitched well in his two outings. Uh, And yesterday was no different. Four hitting, giving up four hits against, to me, still the team that you got to worry about the most in the American League and the Astros. You go out there, one earned run, give your team a great chance to win. I think he's definitely going to be in the equation. Um, the biggest thing was was he built up, and, and he, he's answered that question, and he's looked
0: good so far. And look, but that being said, Cal Gibson's September starts. After we were all ready to write him off at the end of August, mm-hmm. Cal Gibson's two starts in September have both been very – I mean, the first one was good. The last one was very good, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I I understand. It almost still feels like it's an ongoing competition. I've said this a couple times. You You bring up the matchup point, which I think is well-suited. To me, it's like, who's the hot hand? Like it just is that simple to me. Yeah. Who's the guy that you're you're is pitching well down the stretch? All right, you get the opportunity to keep pitching, and and there is still, as you point out, uh, the better part of two weeks here left to try to figure that out. All right, now I got to get to the important thing with you. Uh, as we know, everyone knows what a tequila aficionado you are.
10: Mm-hmm. I'm
0: wondering now that your career is over, if maybe you have it because I think part of what we were all mesmerized by last night was. Some of these dudes probably were still impacted by the night before, right? Like the young guys probably not, right? Like I don't know that Gunner was still impacted by the night before because I remember being Gunner's age and almost nothing like impacted me the next day. But like Aaron Hicks I'm going to guess was maybe feeling a little bit more. I have Brandon Hyde being able to figure out those double switches. Considering he was there, is Brandon Hyde's 49? He won't be right again until midday today after a drinking event like that on Sunday. Do you you know what
8: I I told people? Um, you know, some people are better hungover. If if that's the
0: case, do you have any stories? (laughs) Can you share any moment where perhaps you had a big game despite the fact that maybe you were still feeling the effects of the night before?
8: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Um, you know, sports are weird. And for, for a lot of different reasons, guys can go out there and, and, and figure it out. And quite frankly, I'm not saying it was people would drink, but it's more so of in baseball, you got to celebrate your moments, right? So that's why you, you saw the great celebration and that that's every player's dream. You know, for me, one of my favorite moments is 2019. Um, where we clinched in, in Bowie and double a. And, you know, I, I talked about winning and how hard winning is. That's why you do it too. It, it was a really awesome moment. Um, you also do it if you're struggling, you know, people talk about being superstitious or struggling. Sometimes you're like, you know what I need to, um, and you're right. I am a tequila guy. So, you know what, me and tequila are going to have a conversation
9: <laughs> and, um,
8: you know, I, uh, I didn't know I, I didn't know if I could uh have a good game. The first time I remember I, I had a night, might have had a couple too many. <laughs> uh and then I had three hits and I went, Oh no, do I have to do this again?
0: Uh I mean this do is I the nature the of superstition, right? Like... Yep,
8: yep. But but this this is kind of the reality of it. I think you know yourself. And and actually another tweet I was putting out to you last night was this is what makes this team special right here is under zero circumstance, you get blown out, you get punched in the mouth, you win an extreme game, maybe you celebrate too hard, or whatever it may be, and you're like, yeah, we're going to go win tomorrow night. No problem. And I think that's something that when things are going so well for you as a player or for you as a team, you automatically have that that confidence. And I can't tell you how much – more relaxed you are, and, and doesn't it look like the Orioles seem really relaxed and that they're the most confident team in baseball? It, it, it goes hand in hand. So uh, I'm hoping, I'm praying these guys—they got at least, if I do my math correct, they got at least four more uh, bottles of, of champagne to pop. when the AL East, yep. uh, first round to go to uh, the the ALDS, the CS, and a World Series. Um, I'm ho- I'm hoping I know they are going to celebrate every moment they get.
0: You know, I meant to run this by you. I I wondered if too could you ha- try to help me define we like the Cedric Mullins thing is one of the more remarkable stories in all of baseball because you can't look at his numbers and define him like it's you you can't there's no individual number that you could point out and say here's how we define Cedric Mullins greatness and yet all of us that have watched him this season know. Even for the slumps, even for the injuries, just how valuable he has been to this team. How do you define the what it is that Cedric Mullins has done for the 2023 Baltimore Orioles?
8: Uh, for me, almost, and you know, you could make the case for a lot of players, but Cedric to me has always been this. He's like the underrated glue of, of that squad, and also this. the the player that that you should never, ever count out because he, even when he is not good in your eyes, he is really damn good. And and getting to play with Cedric and how he impacts the game in so many different ways is so amazing to see. And I mean, I got to see it in person myself and playing with him and being around. I got to be with him when he was going through his toughest professional year you know, getting demoted from the big leagues all the way down to double A. And I think other people have got to understand, he isn't, I mean, he probably is feeling the best he's felt now, but two injuries the same year, he's been battling trying to be a hundred percent since, you know, June, whatever that is, or whatever the first injury was. And, uh, and he was playing great up until then. And then it's a battle to get out of rhythm but I think what we're seeing right now is that Cedric Mullins, again, is just showing you why, to me, he's considered one of the best in the game, even when he's not 100%, because clutch moments he can deliver. Big plays in in the defensively, which we saw again last night as well, he just makes plays.
0: It's unbelievable.
8: A, he, is a, he is a ball player that makes plays. And I and I keep telling when I heard the, the rumors in the earlier this year in the off season, oh the Orioles need to trade Cedric Mullins, thinking that would be one of the worst mistakes to make because if the Orioles were gonna make a big jump this year, a lot was gonna be centered around how impactful Cedric Mullins is. And and just like a lot of these Orioles, he's been a big, big reason and still will be a huge reason. If the Orioles get to the World
0: Series, I uh, uh, he'd be somebody I would like to see handed a five-year extension immediately because my God, the joy of watching Cedric Mullins play. Uh, our, our buddy Josh Charles wants to know what is your favorite sipping tequila.
8: Oh man, that is that is very interesting. Um, I've had a lot, and I know like the maybe some of the obvious answers. If you go. Uh, like you yeah, have the Don Julio 1942, you have the Casa Azules. There's one Reposado I've been called Mijenta. I think I told you that last yeah, time, Glenn.
0: Yeah. Uh,
8: let me go and look above uh, L- Legua Siete uh, Decadas. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I'm on that one right now, too. Um, yeah, and there's, all, there's one called Grand Mayan. I, and I can't find it many places else. I love that one. I don't have a problem, by the way, with tequila. <laughs> I, I'm a guy that actually just enjoys right. having a nice glass. That's, that's what sipping tequila, sipping. right. Yeah, but anyone that's listening goes, man, Ryan might have a problem. <laughs> I swear this is all for, this is all for uh, uh, responsible enjoyment. I, but I. But those those are a list of a few.
0: I I I understand and I, I support responsible uh, behaviors like this. I I support that. And what Ryan's also saying is, if you have an important baseball game to play tomorrow, maybe you should enjoy some sipping tequila tonight because you might end up having a three hit game tomorrow. I think is isn't that yeah, what we learned? I'm saying, from, I'm yeah, I'm saying
8: that. But I will say, uh, if I'm celebrating going to the postseason. I might have uh, more than just this. <laughs> right, might be
0: out. more. I'll say
8: that the... as well.
0: Uh, Josh wants to pass along that he loves you, So, uh, I, and I love Josh, so that's a really cool thing. Uh,
8: it's t- t- tell him the same. Uh, reciprocated. Yeah, he's the man. Hopefully, hopefully we can... Uh, um, meet up at some point too.
0: We will. let's let's all, uh you know what? Let's talk about that more. Uh the off script with Rip Pod, uh of course uh, R- R- Rip and Rock right is the other one. What else do I need to plug for you? Oh jeez.
8: Um yeah, I mean I I do stuff then on on YouTube. Do live shows Monday and Thursday talking, you know, baseball and football. The off script with Rip is revamping up for season 2, so stay tuned on that uh yeah and then Rocco and I are kicking it still on the pot each week and and uh and yeah that that's really it I'll, I'll I'll save you the rest of the time but I appreciate you always plugging and uh I hope for you and in our league you can get back in the in the wind this week Glenn. as
0: long as I, I may may Cooper Cup never return to the field no offense nice guy <laughs> but may he never return to the field at Ryan Ripkin on Twitter, love you, brother. Always appreciate you, man. Thanks for taking the time. I uh, appreciate you. I'll talk soon. Okay. Sounds good, buddy. Ryan Ripkin with us here on GCR. Uh, always enjoy our conversations with him. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else you say about Cedric Mullins. I was trying to think of that. I thought about doing that as a segment today. Our personal greatest performances hungover, um, like our most remarkable hungover accomplishments. Actually, you know what? That would it, it, we could do that. Uh, here. Tell everybody what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel. If you uh,
1: mind. yes, I will love. I, I will do that. I want to tell you about David's over at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Something new over there uh, at Live. So you can check out David's new menu featuring barbecue ribs, strawberry cheesecake waffles, blue bay mussels, and of course, snow crab legs by the pound and your perfect gin and tonic just a to shake away as you craft your perfect combo and be sure to stay for live music every Thursday through Sunday that's at David's the new uh the new restaurant over at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland and uh, and their new menu with everything uh, everything over there at Arundel Mills It must be 21 please play responsibly for help visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLE
5: i feel
0: like the answer to me has to be work related the number of times that i had to go in and do a a 6am show on the old radio station that doesn't exist anymore. Like now, because I stopped drinking, right? Like, so now when I do the the morning, when I fill in on the morning show on 105.7 The Fan, I'm not hung over. But, well, no, I assure you. <laughs> but, when I was doing mornings on the old radio station that doesn't exist, like, I, I was hung over 22% of shows? Something like that? I mean, I was in my 20s. Like, it was, it was regular. It was a, a common occurrence for me to be quite hungover. Drew will tell you, in fact, that like the first, something like the second morning we ever worked together, the second morning was the morning I ended up in a ditch. So we, it wasn't this <laughs> particular day. That's a straight shoot. <laughs> second morning, I was working with Drew. I did not show up. And I woke up in the waiting area of Upper Chesapeake Hospital. And it was because I had driven into a ditch on Bradshaw Road and had just passed out. Like, just exhaustion. I was still adjusting. I had driven back. I had driven from Phoenix to Baltimore without stopping. Like, I mean, stopping to pee. Without stopping overnight, right? Like, I'd Mm -hmm. stop to get gas. I'd stop to pee. But I didn't sleep. Like, I just drove straight back and got back on Sunday and had to go to work on Monday. Right? Like, that was like an idiot. I didn't take a day off. And I was exhausted. And some good Samaritan drove by, straight shoot, got me in their car, drove me to Upper Chesapeake. And then the people at Upper Chesapeake were like, he he seems to be fine. <laughs> and um, I was just in the waiting room at Upper Chesapeake. I'm like, what am I doing here? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I had to call my sister. Oh, my and then I got all these – I. Like, I was definitely fired that day. Oh like, I was God. fired from the job because I didn't show up. And I had to, like, scramble to try to explain the story. And I remember Drew, who I barely knew at the time, just being like, are you going to be at work tomorrow? I was like, yeah. He said, okay, then we're good. <laughs> like, let's just see you tomorrow. Um, But, at, like, one day that week was the first time that I ever left the note on the console. I'm sleeping downstairs. <laughs> When you get here, if I'm not awake, wake me up. And that was a regular occurrence during the time that Drew and I worked together. Was the so I would in the number of times that I would hear from somebody, dude, I thought today's show was really good, and I'd be like,
1: I don't remember any of it, man.
0: I don't remember now. Part of it was hungover, part of it was also exhaustion, right? Like sleep deprivation. So you're one of those people,
1: that, yeah. He's, as I Ryan would, said, you perform better. I would,
0: I would go out. Until one in the morning, whatever it was, and then be back at work at 5:45. that was a regular thing. So it was I would have to think that that qualifies as my greater greatest hungover accomplishment is, and I had to put up with Forrester on top <laughs> of it. Think about that. Like I wasn't just doing radio, I was doing it with Drew. It's a miracle. How did we not end up getting booted off the air? How did we not end up fired? That has to be my greatest hungover accomplishment, right? Wow. Like that has to be the answer, doesn't it? It's
1: um, I yeah, I guess so. Yeah, the, definitely the Drew part, definitely. Yeah, I mean, like I obviously, I, I obviously does help boost years it.
0: Years with that.
1: I'm trying to think of what I mean. I don't know, just generic, like because I would always, you know, have to go work a game typically at Towson. You know, the next like go ahead, I was you in got a hungover.
0: School. Come on, Colson. Yeah, shit, <laughs> Coulson wants to get in his. Sorry, go ahead. Go um,
1: ahead. and definitely dodgeball, of course. You know, because we we're going out the night before, and then we come back and just dominate kids right right and dodgeball, yeah, so that, dodgeball uh, that, that's probably that's probably definitely up there that's
0: on the list what about yours what's your greatest? i was hungover? i was the
7: national sales manager at our um at our former company yes uh, well okay. it's my it's griffin and i's current
0: company again
7: oh then i shouldn't mention Odyssey. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um yeah. Yeah. so apparently
0: and, griffin's the most popular guy there because he got a
7: backpack i saw that. i am so you guys have no idea and how i much pay them money to so advertise now. do you know what they've given me
0: uh, the the, the airtime and that's nothing. it. <laughs> it's
7: literally no. nothing. Yeah. So now I feel like I shouldn't like, be wearing this around as much.
0: Just a reminder: you'll be able to hear the Tyus Bowser show the rest of the season on one hundred five seven. The fan.
7: That's correct. If I pay Nick Drecchio, who just emailed me to pay him for it, well, so. maybe. yeah. Let's not have that
0: conversation. <laughs> let's not do
7: that. So so uh, I was in New York and and we got to go to the Howard Stern birthday show, which started at six in the morning. And it was I'm trying a, to remember
2: which birthday because he did a big birthday this, show. Oh, he did this every year at oh, the time. Okay. All right. So Jackie, the joke, all the right. crazies yeah, yeah, were
7: there. Yeah. So we were basically drinking from six in the morning. We walked in at six in the morning in our CBS suits mm-hmm. and their beer tub girls in bikinis and every freak you've ever seen from the Howard Stern show. So it starts at <laughs> six AM goes a yeah, whole rat pack. Goes whole... all day, all night, ends up at scores. I think we were up till three in the morning. So we've been up effectively for twenty-four hours, mm-hmm. slept for a couple hours then we had to go in two of us and hold a sales meeting with the entire cbs national sales staff
0: that is that and, is an impressive hungover
7: and and then we had to go on appointments with them all day and at one point we walked into an office with a lady who was a big-time advertising buyer who had been the day before to at howard the party, yeah and she said you guys look horrible how about how about if i close the door because smoking was allowed in the offices then. This is in the this is wow. in the late this 90s. This is going they back. Still had, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and she said, close the door. I'll sit here and smoke my cigarettes, and you guys can nap for a while. Oh, hour. now that lady's a hero. So we sat in her office in the chairs in front of her desk, put our heads back, and napped for like an hour and 15 minutes while she sat there and got her cigarettes All on. right, All right. That one's good. <laughs> I, I was
0: reminded, thinking of that radio stick. The the last ever HF Festival uh-huh. right? I was there So the okay. were you there for the one This was the one at Merriweather Oh no I was at You MNT were at the Bank one at, at the stadium yeah. With Billy Idol and the Foo Fighters yeah. Which yeah, was yeah, awesome yeah. that was yeah. a great yeah. one but then the following year... Coldplay, I think. Coldplay 100% played that yeah. one. And that then, one was a, a...
7: And then what's his name? Forgot the words and walked off stage. Uh, Echo, I, and yeah, Echo-, Echo and the Bunnyman, Echo and the Bunnyman,
0: Lips like sugar. They came out to do Lips like sugar, and then they just walked, they literally, yeah. two bars into the song. Everybody was like, what the hell just happened? They just walked off the stage. So that one was a great one, and that one was the most miraculous one, because that was after HFS had been killed. Yeah. And basically, Tim, by the will of Tim Virgin, that HF festival happened. Then the one the following year was the weirdest HF festival of all time because, like, it was barely an HF festival. It right. was it was more just like a music fest that they called an HF festival. Right. It was Kanye West <laughs> and, like, the Counting Crows. It was just this, like, bizarre... Now, look, I, I, at the time, was a... Everybody was a massive Kanye West fan at the time yeah. because it was before... It was when his music was still good and before he lost his oh. mind. Um, and so... I had this, like, just vibe about me because this was the first time that, like, I mattered. Right. And
7: I got you. They yeah. were letting me
0: introduce bands, and I was hosting. And you were in the back. Gina, you were in the green Gina room. Crash and I were doing interviews. Yeah. and Like, it was, I felt like a big deal. And, you know, there were chicks throwing. I was hanging out with Drew Barrymore. That's a straight shoot at this HF Festival because she was dating one of the guys from the Strokes. I absolutely um, love her. And I know right. it's... It's age appropriate. I swear to God, I had forgotten that I was supposed to introduce a band on the second stage. And I was—I think it was Taking Back Sunday, maybe. And I'm bolting, like literally bolting. And I barrel into someone in the process. Later in the day, I'm having this conversation with Drew Barrymore. And I'm like, by the way, did I ever say my name's Glenn? She's like, yeah, but we also met earlier today. (laughs) It was her.
7: No way. Straight shoot. My Drew
0: Barrymore. I swear to God. (laughs) Straight shoot. That (laughs) happened. So this Age of Festival is just amazing, right? But it was Memorial Day weekend. It was, we did a two-day thing, Saturday, Sunday.
7: Did she have, like, the little lift, couldn't she? Like
0: uh, little Yeah, I mean,
7: like, a little bit. Oh, a little so bit. Hot. I mean, she's Drew Barrymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's who it was. <laughs>
0: it was awesome. Don't get me wrong. It was, super, I was, it was so cool for me. Um, Griffin's disgusted. So, <laughs> so we're, we're going cr- Like, we got a hotel. Like, we're going crazy. And all of a sudden, because this is when I was doing, I was on the show with Ed Norris. Um, that was the midday show on 105.7 at the time. And Monday was Memorial Day. So I was just working under the assumption, of course, that we were off on Monday, that we were good. We Radio were, doesn't stop. Yeah, we were rip-roaring at the time. That was the way it was. Like, you think you get a day off? like, And, in fact, a day off after HFS, after we have stories to tell? it's a, So on Sunday night, I mean, we are bombed. I was – It's I, Jeremy and I have talked about it a lot. At one point, Cypress Hill invited us all to get high with them. Like, it was <laughs> – one of the great weekends of my life. And then at some point on Sunday night, Maynard says to me, like, all see right, well, we'll see you tomorrow. And I was like, are, are we, we going to hang out tomorrow? Did we talk about, like, going out tomorrow? Like, I, what do you mean see you tomorrow? It's like, 930, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. I'm like, to do what? I said, We're the show.
2: Are you out of
7: your
0: mind? <laughs> and so I walk in. And I remember Ed looking at me and saying, you look like you probably smell.
7: Yeah.
0: And I was like, I definitely I'll haven't bet you showered. Did. Yeah, There's no question that I haven't showered. But I consider that show to be one of the great hungover performances of my life because it was- You pulled it off. Yep, 100% That's after that you type did, of weekend. You find
7: out you just need to focus for a couple hours. And, and, you you'll, and, right. and then exactly, it's all you're thinking
0: about. Then you to o- sleep. Two o'clock. I'm and by the way, you, nobody else was in the building that yeah. day. How somehow we were the only dopes that had to go to work yeah. that day. You think Greg Carpenter went to work on Memorial Day? Not at, you think any of them. You think Greg any Carpenter of them. was hungover? Probably not like oh, I was. Yeah. <laughs> Probably
7: not like me. What a good man that is. I the, love the, the love Greg adore Carpenter Greg Carpenter. Great guy. God,
0: adore him. You think Jojo Gerard was working on Memorial Day? No. Chance Neither but, was Johnny Carson It's uh, okay hundred. Yeah, for some reason We <laughs> were working Memorial Day So I look around the office And I'm like Two o'clock Two o'clock I gotta, you do you As soon as that clock, clock says two All you do is I look at the clock Out Yeah I will be on the floor Of TJ Roberts Studio Like I will be Well it got worse out. We
7: had a huge snowstorm Oh god and, and we were so hungover It was me and a buddy um, Dave And we called our wives Remember this is before our Smartphones We had cell phones but Oh yeah smartphones. right we called our wives and said Amtrak is not getting home tonight. Oh. We booked another night in the hotel. Just went to sleep. Hey man, what are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do? Now,
0: and again, these are where sometimes these performances. <laughs> we got home the next day. Our wives. There, were gone. There's a fine line between greatest drunken performance and greatest hungover performance, a, yeah. right? Like there's a fine line between those two things because I think drunken performances have their own place, and they also happen all the time. I would and that's the I would say a hungover performance more difficult than a drunken performance. takes more fortitude
7: a hundred percent for you to withstand you're not worrying about your performance when you're drunk right oh you're not even thinking doing about it, it. it it's joy when you're hungover, and it's joyful you're, there's you're no joy to, hang, to a hungover you're to hold performance. everything together
0: you're not you're not yeah. having a good time you're having a miserable time and yet you have to work your way through it that to me is what makes do, last
1: night did we so scare the daycare people away I know. I saw that they. Uh, I think like, it was maybe the,
0: uh, the speedo day. Yeah, the speedo day might I have been the. Uh, I
1: looked across. There's the no. End of the there's line. nobody in there. The, yeah, s- the
0: speedo day. Uh, Dan says he ran a <laughs> ran a. Well, the day that I started walking out, they do the bit with the speedo. The yeah, I second, know. And then I was like, wait a second. There's a daycare across yeah. the way. Yeah. So I'm then not we, doing put, this. we put we we'll put Carson you know. out there or whatever. Yeah. Oh, we did do that. Yeah, we think. did put Carson, but not in the speedo. Yeah, he just had his shirt off. He was just sunning. That's all he was doing. I don't think that ran the kids away. Uh, Dan says ran a 10K on St. Patrick's Day. That wasn't a drunken performance, Dan. Because that, again, still amazing. No,
2: but hungover, on St.
0: Patrick's Day, I would think that would be a drunken performance. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, again, point. it's a fine line between <laughs> drunken performance and hungover performance. If that was hungover, running a 10K, my God. My, running a sober 10K... <laughs> I'm leaving Is now. It, I have to keep right, this thing Joel, on the please, track yes, somehow. Please, please continue. I definitely
1: know my my worst hungover performance. I okay. Think. Yeah. Well, do do you want to get? Well, do we got to talk to Joe yeah. Serpico, right?
0: It's, yeah. Do you want to share it or well, not? I, well,
1: I was, I I was going to tease it and then we. All right. Fine.
0: Well, I I don't know. Well, we might move on from the topic at some okay. point.
1: Okay. Well, it was my after my cousin's wedding. They, their dinner party was the night before mm-hmm. the wedding, and oh. uh, and yeah, I was horrible the next because it was out in Colorado, and and I was miserable the entire day I remember my my mom and my brother went for a hike I really wanted to go and uh and I didn't and I wasn't able to go just because I was just trying not to die I and and then they so the 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 venue was like in the mountains there's this really beautiful lake so there's like a windy really windy road that's like 20-25 minutes away and as soon as we park I just run over to the field and I am you can well mean,
0: that's that's about right yes yeah. that's um, about right
1: and uh and yeah we,
0: we, we then, might then, call I'd proctor they, there. i there is a hungover performance that is in the the hall of shame for your pal <laughs> i don't really even know that i want to talk about it it's one of the the worst worst moments of my life i was with the I mean, I now, was, yeah now we have to i was with proctor when we were young i mean we were young but we uh right, I'll save that. I don't want to bring it up. Also, after we did last year's drinking show, last year's drinking show turned into one of the worst hungover moments of my life when I was puking my guts out in the Cheesecake Factory bathroom as a 40-year-old man at 7 p.m. My son's walking in behind me thinking that Dad was puking because of the Bean Boozled Jelly Beans because I had too many Bean Boozled Jelly Beans. Oh, Dad had too many jelly beans. That's what it was, boys. You're right. Exactly that. (sighs) Today's show brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show, which is back one week from tonight. We will be at Guilford Hall Brewery Tuesday, September 26th, the next Tyus Bowser Show. Tyus and his special guests will be coming to your neck of the woods all throughout the season. You can find out more at pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. Just an opportunity for you to come out, hang out, meet some of your favorite players it's such a cool atmosphere it's such a fun event and the show as we mentioned earlier you can hear friday nights on 1057 the fan or throughout the week and watch it live on Pressbox's facebook or youtube pages but there's nothing quite like being there next tuesday night tyus bowser show guilford hall brewery in station north which is if you've never been what a cool place that is food's great beer selection amazing and the space it's a big you're not going to be smushed in it is a big beautiful space for doing the tyus bowser show we love doing the show there come join us it's all brought to you by superbook sports and helpmygamblingproblem.org let's help your fantasy football problem right now it is time for us to preview waiver wire wednesday he is Pressbox fantasy football expert joe serpico and he is with us now here on gcr joe good morning bud how are you
11: Glenn, good to talk to you. Let me make a note that there's only two, or excuse me, three teams that are 2-0 in our press box league, and you and I are 2 Hey, hey,
0: hey, look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Not me. And that, despite the fact that, as I learned, that's actually my Justin Fields league, and he stinks, and yet somehow I'm 2-0 in that league. So that is miraculous. Um, obviously, the conversation starts this week, Joe. Uh, a very unfortunate scene last night uh, in Pittsburgh. Just a horrible injury for Nick Chubb. So we begin the conversation with Jerome Ford. Uh, clearly a priority for Nick Chubb owners, but I would think that this is one of those situations where, you know, even if you're not a Nick Chubb owner, it's probably worth putting in a few bucks a- and at least a claim on trying to grab Jerome Ford.
11: Yeah, absolutely got to agree with you there. Uh extremely unfortunate injury to uh, Nick Chubb. Um before we uh I start talking about Ford, but it's this kind of gets back to why people really like that uh zero running back strategy. You know, we've seen a handful of these uh first round early second round running backs already fall down and that's why uh you have these people that are big on on that strategy. But yes, in, in regards to uh Jerome Ford, absolutely whether you have Chubb or not, uh, if you're looking for running back healthy, somebody that is going to uh, take over at least for the for now. Uh, everybody keeps wanting to say that maybe Kareem Hunt might be a guy that comes back. I just don't see that happening. I think people are forgetting the uh, friction between. Him and the team last year, so I just don't think that's gonna be a thing. I think this is gonna be Ford's job the rest of the year. So yes, that is somebody I'm definitely throwing a couple fab dollars on it. What what team. is
0: what is that number that you're willing to throw? So I'll I'll give you an example. We just had uh, our buddy Ryan Ripkin on, and in his league, we have a hundred dollars for the year. I am not a Nick Chubb owner, but you know, again, I, I do think that this is a player that's worth spending. How much how much would you say it's worth spending for a Chubb owner, and then maybe for someone who isn't a Chubb owner?
11: Uh, so I'm in a similar lead where hundred, hundred dollars is, you know, kind of the currency to be having. I have my initial bid has been $5. Um, just to kind of see that's because I am a little bit strong at that running back position. So I don't mm-hmm. necessarily need him. Um, but if you're in a spot where you need him, I think I alluded to this last week, the weeks one and week two are where you find the majority of your best uh, waiver wire pickups. So this is the time of the year where I'm willing to spend a little bit more. So let's say if you are a chub owner or somebody desperate, you know, don't be afraid to throw seven, eight, nine, even ten if you really, really need them. Uh, just because the rest of the way you're just kind of be picking and choosing. In situations less like this, to be really honest, we're just going to be injuries are going to be kind of your main um, pickups the rest of the way.
0: All right. Um, I I, I don't know. I guess it's a different conversation for Saquon Barkley owners because he's not going to be done for the year, but he is going to be out for a few weeks. How how heavy do you go again? The obvious thing to say is if you're a Barkley owner, you're putting in a a claim for sure on Matt Breida. But should others like is it is it worth putting in a claim if you're not a Barkley owner? And how do you handle fab dollars when it comes to Matt Breida?
11: Yeah, Brutus just one of those guys that just doesn't excite you whatsoever as a player. There's a reason why Saquon Barkley was getting the most of that look. Um, when I put this piece up yesterday, you know there was still a little bit of uncertainty about Barkley. Uh, yes, if you're a Barkley owner, maybe you know two, three dollars to get him on your team if you, you know if you need somebody to spot start for the next couple of weeks. Um, but again, kind of similar to the Ford situation, if you're kind of strong at running back, Ford is a guy I definitely want. Uh, there's another guy hopefully we're going to talk about in a second that I'm kind of high on, but Breida, uh, you know, out of the three uh, running backs that I kind of have listed this week or four running backs that I have listed this week, he's kind of on the uh, the bottom end of the totem
0: pole. Is the third one uh, Zach Moss?
11: Uh, he's one of them. Zach Moss is definitely somebody you've got to consider as well. But then, again, we got to kind of see what his situation is moving forward. You know, we don't, we're two weeks away from uh, Jonathan Taylor being able to come back. Does he come back to the Colts? We don't know. Uh, that's kind of a situation there that kind of leaves me, you know, not as much willing to throw, you know, the fab dollars as I, like I just mentioned before because Ford, we know that's his job on the rest of the way unless they find somebody. Uh, but Zach Moss is definitely somebody I want to add. Uh, at least kind of see how things play out for these next couple of weeks. You're kind of hoping that Jonathan Taylor gets traded um, and hey, he might be a guy that ends up in Cleveland and then I'm completely wrong about this Ford.
0: So, what do you do again? Like, what do you do if you're it's is it only Zach Moss? It, if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner, you haven't been counting on anything. So, what are you doing? Who's putting a claim in for Moss? Or is it a is he a Wednesday? Like, if you wake up Wednesday morning and he's available, grab him guy.
11: I'm still trying to, you know, I still maybe throw him maybe two, three dollars to get him on my team just okay. because you
9: know,
11: just waiting for the you know that extra period, you just, you know, honestly. Just Whoever wakes up first in the morning seems like to be the ones that get those guys. Um, but that's just one of those things. I would much rather, you know, if I if I need some running back help, we saw this. I mean, when he's played, he's been, let's not say he's the best uh, running back in the world, but he's serviceable. Let's just use that term there. And let's face it, the Colts don't really have a whole lot going on behind him. Deion Jackson didn't do a whole lot in week one. hence why uh, Moss got almost all of the touches this week. Uh, so Moss is, yeah, again, again, Couple, couple dollars, but then, you know, it's, it's just that fear of the potential of GT coming back that, you know, you don't want to spend a whole lot of money and then he's sitting on your bench.
0: All right, now I'm trying to figure out who the other guy is because I can't imagine it being either of the Ravens running back since in this area they're all owned. Who's the other guy on your list?
11: It would be Kyron Williams. Oh, of the Oh, of yeah, Daniels
0: okay, three. sure. I, I guess I just thought everybody scooped him up last week.
11: No, I, well, so he's, again, one of those guys that was kind of, Floating out there, regularly available, and then after this week, where Cam Akers is a you know healthy and active, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Um, which kind of leads us back to the saga of last year, where Akers is, looks to be back in the trade block again. Maybe that's another guy that could end up in uh, Cleveland, um, but it looks like that that's you know that's Williams' job moving forward. And of all the running backs in the NFL right now, Kyron Williams leads the league in uh, in targets. So that's kind of the uh, the premier thing we're looking for for running backs. And with four touchdowns in two games, it looks like it's his job running away. Uh, he's he's actually, before the, the Jerome Ford injury, uh, he was my priority ad this week. So, yeah, he's another oh, yeah. guy i say it's like, four or five bucks that I want to grab just because of the potential in the pass game as well. Oh, no,
0: it looks like he's the guy. I mean, he's the type of guy that I feel like I would even up that. If he was available in any amount, I would up that number over, like, $10. Like, I, it looks like he is definitively the guy. You bring up Cam Akers, and that's interesting. Joe Serpico with us. You know, I I didn't do it to myself again this year. Last year I was heavy on Cam Akers, and that was regrettable. Are you are you holding out hope that Cam Akers finds a home somewhere else? That you know, do you Cleveland becomes? Or are you just sort of saying at this point, there's no way to assume that Cam Akers is going to be anything? If we need that roster spot in the coming weeks for you know, uh, bye week problems that we're dealing with, we Cam Akers becomes expendable.
11: So as a large cam Akers owner in our league and multiple of others Ooh. uh thankfully i have kyron in a bunch of leagues but he's a guy you got to kind of hold on to and just kind of see where he ends up if he ends up in like i, I mentioned you know cleveland you know that's great he's an instant plug and play starter there um we've seen that there's really doesn't seem to be any loyalty to anybody down in miami could uh, cam Akers, who you know played his college ball at florida state could he end up down down in Miami and take over that job there. And then, I mean, if it, it's a handful of jobs around the league. We're going to see injuries. We're seeing them as they come and go. So, you know, it might be one of those things where, yes, you're kind of holding on him for a week or two, not getting anything out of him. But once he finds a home, which I think after, you know, the trade process kind of was a little bit later last year. It seems like uh, they're starting it earlier this year. He should be somebody that you could be able to put in your lineup.
0: Hopefully. Yeah, I, I I can't. I couldn't do that to myself again after what happened last year. There is just no I've got way. no choice. Let's put it that way. I understand that. All right, um, Joe, let's go to wide receiver. I, I, I know that there are some guys, like, you know, if, if Romeo Dobbs is still out there somehow, if Tutu Atwell is still You know what was weird? I all of a sudden looked at one of my waivers last week, and Gabriel Davis was sitting on the waiver wire. I'm like, Ooh. what? What? Like, what is going on? So I picked him up and played him and was very happy about that. But some of the next group of guys, the guys that, you know, are probably not owned, right? Because those guys are mostly owned. But Tank Dell, for example, in Houston, who shows up and has a big week. Um, You know, Shahid in New Orleans, who has appeared to have a bit of a connection with Derek Carr. Anyone from that next group that you're thinking about waiver wire-wise, where are we with wide receivers?
11: Um, So, actually, my initial thought was to kind of bring up the Texans wide receivers as a general. Uh, They are, I mean, I guess it's more because of game planning. Uh, They're going to be behind in a lot of games, so they're going to air it out a ton. Uh, But all three of those receivers, they being Nico Collins, Robert Woods, and um and Tank Dell I mean they're just getting large target shares and that's I mean, that's the name of the game when it comes to fantasy uh so those are uh Nico Collins uh I would definitely put in some fad money on Robert Woods and um Tank Dell I think you can probably get away with waiting until Wednesday to maybe grab one of those guys if you're looking for somebody who is a target monster and those those guys absolutely have been to start the start it uh you mentioned uh, Shahid down in New Orleans. I think that, you know, we've seen what's happened with Michael Thomas over the years. He's not the uh, most healthy person in the in the world, especially in recent years. And they just seem to like to get him the ball quite a bit as well. You know, he's a speedster in space. Uh, he throws me off with that number 22. I keep thinking he's a running back. Um, but, yeah, those are guys that at the same time. I don't think I'm throwing any fab money at them yet, depending on your league size. Uh, but maybe wait one more week to see what goes on with them. Uh, but the, like I mentioned, Collins, yes. Then the other two guys that are on the Texans, I will kind of see if I can kind of sneak them after the fact.
0: So there's th- those are Wednesday you know, afternoon guys. Those are Wednesday morning exactly. guys that you're putting in for those wide receivers. Um, I, I don't want to like panic about Trevor Lawrence. I, 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 I think that everything will be okay there, but I'm panicking about Trevor Lawrence. Matthew Stafford is available. Should I be using a waiver claim at this point, or should I be trying to wait it out and see if he's still there tomorrow? Ooh, that's a good one.
11: because um, yeah, it's kind of hard to put you know Trevor Lawrence on the bench, considering what we the expectation for him this year was to uh, you know take the next step. But it kind of hasn't played out that way, at least through the first two weeks. And then Matthew Stafford, I think we thought he would be you know a lot better this year. But I don't think we thought he was going to be this guy back again, especially after the elbow injury last year. Um, I would probably. Hope to try to get him on Wednesday, see if okay. he's still kind of hanging around. Because if I had to guess, he's probably sitting around, you know, let's say 15 through 20. Not a whole lot of guys are uh, are being taken around there. Now, if you're, you know, like you lost one of your quarterbacks over the past couple of weeks oh, like yeah. me, if you're Aaron, you know, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, well, yes, okay, yeah. Now, because like I just went with Derek Carr this week and that was not fun with seven points. Um, so, yeah, that's a guy to absolutely, like, when you're in a situation like me, yes, you want to kind of uh, start poking around for another quarterback there.
1: Uh, if you're streaming tight end this week, Joe, where uh, where should I be looking?
11: Zach Ertz, I'm bringing him back up again this week. Uh, leads the league in targets. Uh, you know, again, that's kind of what we target at this position. Uh, 18 targets already, so he leads the NFL. Uh, again, miraculous story that he's even back. The Cardinals are going to stink a lot this year. They're going to play catch-up. Uh, he looks to be the number one receiver there. Uh, uh, while I'm mentioning it, I I might be considering dropping Marquise Brown at this point. Um, and Zachary, being the only receiver on that offense I want anything to do with. And uh, James Conner being the only uh, other player on Arizona that I want to deal with. Uh, but, yeah, that is my, my streaming guy for the week. or I think last week I had him all the way down to like twenty. He's gonna be a borderline tight end one, and if he continues this kind of work, he might be let's say a top six option the
7: rest of the way.
1: if you're really desperate, what about taysom hill i mean after uh, after the uh, Jamal Williams injury last night he was start he started running the ball a little bit more, so maybe like you just he he kind of is a running back in a tight end slot
11: so it that actually depends on what I've learned uh, going into this year uh it all depends on how your league plays, so it looks like they have some leagues have him back at being a quarterback. Mm, um, right. If you can get him at tight end still in your league. He's one of those guys, even, you know, I think I mentioned him uh, when we were out there at Otterman um, a lot. He's always got the potential to score a touchdown in three different ways. Uh, you, there's very few guys, especially at the tight end position, that you're going to find that with. Now there's also the potential for extreme boomer bust at that position with him, too, because there's weeks where we see him, you know, have one carry for one yard. We see games where he's just receiver only, Uh, so that that's kind of the uh, that kind of what holds him back. But then you do have that potential of him. You know, he is that guy that throws a touchdown pass, runs for a touchdown pass, and you know picks up fifty yards on the ground as well. So yeah, he's always a guy that for like DFS purposes and spot start plays, he's always on my radar.
0: Um, Is Zachary someone you're putting a claim in for?
11: Yes. Yeah, at this stage, just because it's not only just because we'll be seeing these first two weeks, but what we saw last year and even prior to that, it's clear that the Cardinals want to get him involved in the game plan. Before the injury last year, he was a top five tight end. Uh, As of right now, he is, you know, he's number one in the league in targets. Uh, Even in dating back to his time back in Philadelphia, you know, he was always one of the premier tight ends. Uh, He's a guy that if you need tight end help, if you're like a perfect, if you're a Kyle Pitts owner, Put in a claim for Zach Ertz. I'm not saying to get rid of Pitts, but I don't know what Atlanta's trying to do with uh, that whole Pitts situation. they got one of the best players at the position, at least athletically, but they never use him. So go with a guy that you know is being used, and that's Zach Ertz.
0: All right. All right. That's a strong endorsement of Zach Ertz. And then obviously not a waiver claim, but let me go back to quarterback for a second. Is it worth maybe, like, stashing Stroud or I can't even – Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, like one of these like Like, are any of those guys worth, like, just rostering at some point because n- maybe they're building to something?
11: Stroud is going to be more, like I kind of said before, I think they're just going to be a product of them just being behind a lot. Uh, but but that's, Sam But Howell, that's a good thing. <laughs> like, which, no, yeah, don't get me wrong. It is a good thing for fancy purposes. But then, you know, he is a rookie. We're going to see, you know, those. Those games where you're not going to, well, like we saw this past week, where we threw uh, well over 400 or close to 400 yards, I believe. Uh, But my guy that you mentioned there is Sam Howell. Uh, I love what I've seen from him so far. I I was kind of big on him entering the preseason. Uh, The commanders as a whole, I was kind of higher on than most people. Uh, What I like about Sam Howell is, which you also get from Ritter, uh, he's not just a pocket passer. He adds something to the game on the ground as well as a rusher. Uh, he's very precise. He's got all the uh, all the intangibles you're looking for. He was actually one of my favorite quarterbacks coming out of the draft last year. That's why I was a little surprised he fell as far as he did. Um, but he did land in the premier spot, as we can see, because the Commanders' uh, quarterback situation hasn't been good in, for a long oh, time. Let's just say that. Well, um, right. yeah, Sam Howell is the you know of those guys you mentioned. Sam Howell's kind of a guy that I'm kind of stashing and hoping that maybe he is the Geno Stone
0: of this year. Gino Smith. We like Gino Stone. Oh, Don't Gino get me wrong. Smith, yeah, yeah, we like Gino Stone, sorry. too. Yeah, too close to <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> we like him, too. All right. At Joe Serp is where you follow him on Twitter. He is brought to you by our friends at Live Casino and Hotel every Tuesday, giving us waiver wire Wednesday advice. Pressboxonline.com is where you can see his rankings. Joe, appreciate you, brother. We'll talk again next Tuesday, all right? It's
11: Absolutely. Talk to you then.
0: When we come back in. We will chat with Michael Pierce, Baltimore Ravens defensive tackle. He joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Best and use the promo code GLENCLARK23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
6: Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com We'll keep you moving.
10: What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia.
0: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, September 26th at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook
6: Sports. It's a Maryland
2: with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent.
6: Picking a restaurant to try for
3: the first time? Let's look at the Costas in. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the
6: food. Check quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and
2: specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn 4100 North Point Boulevard. They
0: check all the boxes. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate arts across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the King and Queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their harford Light trail. For more info, head to visit
5: harford.com. Maryland Open. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at facebook.com slash sports or youtube.com slash pressbox online. Print issue of Press Box, available for free at your
0: neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. You can read it all at pressboxonline.com. Great cover story from Bo Smolka all about Lamar Jackson and sort of the new contract era for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And, of course, great college football coverage in there as well. Go pick up that print issue of Press Box. Had to do this a little bit earlier on today because of his or you know schedule in general, getting ready for another week and getting ready for the Colts on Sunday but an opportunity to catch up with one of my favorites, Michael Pierce, here on GCR. I always get so excited to talk to our next guest here on GCR. He is one of my favorite people, and it's especially great to to talk after a Ravens win. He is, of course, Ravens defensive lineman Michael Pierce, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Mike, it's Glenn. It's great to hear your voice, man. Thank you for taking the time for us.
12: Oh no, man, it's always a pleasure to be a guest
0: of the show, man. I, I appreciate the time. Dude, I saw a moment, and I meant to ask you about it last week, so I apologize, but I saw a moment in the Texans game where you were in the backfield making a play and the joy on your face and and we've talked about how much it meant to you to come back here and then to have the season end so quickly the way that it did. And to be putting that much work, I'm sure, in the off season to get back to this place where you could get back out on the field this year. How much has it meant to you, and how much more joy have you had, given all of the trials and tribulations that you have been through, to be back here this season and be part of this thing?
12: Oh, man, it means the world, man. Um, it, it's kind of hard to put into words. Like I said, I, I've missed two years due to injury, back-to-back, uh, just to be able to put on those pads and go to practice, let alone you know be back in the bank and uh, contributing to winning. Is, is, uh, that's all. That's all. That's a football player's dream, man. So, um, you know, to have the season start off the way it has, um, it's just been it's been great. Uh, I, got, I wrote on social media the other day after the first win and said all the rehab, the confusion, the anger, and um, just the patience that it took to get myself back to this point was all worth it that Sunday. And then, you know, we came back and got another win this,
8: this past Sunday.
12: Yeah, that so, one might have been even know. better.
9: <laughs> <That one laughs> yeah, yeah definitely.
12: Definitely. No, so, nah, man, I, I don't take it for granted, not one day. And uh, like I said, it's just a, it's a blessing to be back, you know, with the team. You know, I went to Minnesota, but with the team and just contributing to winning and playing the game, I love it. You, awesome.
0: you know, I think what you just said there is the thing that struck me most since you've been back. When you say those words, I don't take it for granted. Like, I, you know, it's hard because you go back to when you were a young person. Like, you had to grind just to get into the league, right? Like, nothing was guaranteed <laughs> to you when you were coming up. But experiencing it now on this side, like, it it really feels like when I talk to you, like, you are at the point where you're like, dude, every day is genuinely a blessing. That, like, you have such an appreciation for just being able to be a part of this thing in this city that's meant so much to you. And in a way, it kind of gives me goosebumps hearing you talk about it now because it feels even more special than, you know, when you broke through the first time.
12: Yeah, no, definitely, man. Um, I've had... I think it was Mike Preston that asked me about, you know, the pressure replacing Calais and all that stuff prior to the season starting. And I kind of just told him basically what you said, man. I don't honestly believe you can replace Hall of Famer, Mm. but, um, like I said, I've been under a ton of Hall of Famers, a ton of great leaders with thugs and played a ton of snaps around, just a great leader. And uh, for me to be considered as a leader of the room, it was just a blessing in general, especially how my, my career started. So, um, like I said, this, this is a special time for me. And like I said, I, I really do not take it day for granted.
0: All right, before we talk about the win, because you just brought it up. I You know, I, I've been doing this show with Tyus, and and we were joking before the season about how he's kind of become like the old guy in the room. And, mm-hmm. how you know, he's only 28, and yet, like, all of a sudden, he's the guy everybody else is looking to, and he's like, yo, what the hell? it's like uh uh Rashad Bateman called him uncle clean and he's like uncle what what in the world is this have you started to feel like that role where in the world you're a young guy but like everybody in the locker room is coming to you like you're supposed to be the wise old sage that can help them in their process have you been dealing with that
12: yeah uh I kind of enjoy it man um I think Tiz put it best when he said, uh, in football, you age in dog years. <laughs> so, yeah, I am still figuring out the, the rest of the world, obviously. I'm 30. We'll be 31 in November. But um, in football years, man, I am light years ahead of, you know, rookies and second- and third-year players. So, um, no, nah, man, I actually enjoy it. Uh, like I said, I've had a lot of guys come to me with different things, uh, some things about life, and then a lot of just things about football. And, um, like I said, I'm happy to share Everything that I can with them, um, just to watch guys grow. Like I said, it, I'm sure it was pretty interesting to watch a couple guys watch me grow. Yeah. So um, I've like had a great amount of mentors with Brandon Williams pouring into me. I had LG when he was here, obviously Terrell Suggs and Eric Weddle on those guys. So um, no, I enjoy that. I enjoy that role, um, but I want to keep playing like I'm young. So as long as I do that, I think I'll be all right.
0: By the way, side note: I don't think Brandon Williams has ever used Twitter, and yet on Sunday he was watching you guys and tweeting and fired up about it. And I was like, "Wow, that's cool, man! Like, that is really I cool." I don't have a Twitter
12: account either. I, so no, that's awesome. I, I had to check though.
0: Dude, you got it. Like, he was invested. It was really cool to see. I, I love, I love, man, I love Brandon too. Uh, Michael Pierce is with us here on GCR. Uh, this was like there's wins and then there's ones that really feel like they mean more. And I know you guys are already in that point where you're shifting towards Indianapolis and you got to continuously be goal-driven. But I sensed in the conversations that I had with everybody last week, and I was talking to Zeitler yesterday, like this one really did mean a little bit more right to your group and everything, you know, that you guys have been through and, you know, I know how emotional it was for everybody with JK going down how much did this one in particular mean to this team?
12: It, it meant a ton, man. Just to watch how our season ended last year, knowing that they ended our season, I mean, they ended our season, I think even my third my third year, uh, stopping us from going to the playoffs. So, obviously, in, in, in uh in division game, those always mean a ton. But just the way our season ended last year, and um, like I said, that, that, their team has been one of the top teams in the league, not only our division, for the past few years. So, um, to get that win meant a lot. Like I said, to do it over there, knowing that they have to come see us at home later on in the year, mm-hmm. was uh, that was huge, man. So, um, like I said, you play with your, you don't play with your food. You just knock it out. So um, we got that done, and now they have to come see us, and you know we'll be ready for them. When that happens, but no nah, man, that was that was a big big win.
0: Michael, you know, everybody talks so much during the week about you know, I, I referenced JK, but you guys, you know, I think the word decimated would come to mind. Like there were a lot of guys that were sidelined. How what it what does it say about this group that you guys can be going through all of this and put together such a complete performance, right? It wasn't either side of the ball carrying the other side of the ball. Everybody stepped up, everybody made plays. Like, what does it say about this group that you guys have together and how unique this particular group might be?
9: We've
12: got a bunch of warriors, man. And like I said, I think Mr. DaCosta, obviously, Ozzy, and the whole scouting department, Coach Harms, they've done a great job of just bringing a whole bunch of guys who are hungry and ready to win. So, obviously, Odell's had all the fame and all that stuff, but he's a team guy. Nelson Aguilar, I don't know if he had a catch, maybe one or two the first week, but he had a huge game this week. Um obviously, they took a whole nother step. And, you know, defenders like AD came out and did his thing. B-Steve, all those guys that, you know, don't necessarily get as much press as those receivers, those number one corners like Marlon and all them, they really showed up and they played a heck of a game. Obviously, Geno as well. So, um, nah, man, we got a whole bunch of Warriors. And um, like I said, everybody says they want to make it to the Super Bowl and whatnot. I won't go that far into it. But like I said, we all – hell-bent on winning and that's the most important thing
0: i, I get i get what you're saying you got to worry about indianapolis you got to worry about the next game but we know you're here we know you came back because you want to win a super bowl and that was a a heck of a a heck of a sign on that path uh you brought up Gino. i know he's been having fun with it on social media the biggest player of the game right like you take nothing away from it all but you guys had to give him a little bit of grief about it right like you had to to, to to maybe remind him like, dude, y you, you were running away from Joe Burrow? What are you doing
12: there? He I I'll say this and, and I'm I'm sure you'll understand. We have not had a meeting yet. <laughs> so when we meet tomorrow, he probably gonna he'll <laughs> receive all the the last criticism, et cetera. That that's coming his way. But oh. yeah, we the few people who do watch the film on the plane, we all saw it. I'm sure obviously social media saw it, but uh, I'm sure Coach Hards and everybody else will have some fun with him tomorrow. Oh, sure.
0: man. Uh, and look, dude, it takes nothing away from absolutely necessary play, you know, argue with the biggest play of the game. You don't you don't want to take anything away from it except for, bro, you had it. You had a touchdown right in front of
12: you. Indeed. Yeah, he needs to go watch some of those uh, air read clips where he, he right? makes those plays they end up in the end zone in the other way. So, oh uh, man. No, we'll have some fun with Gino tomorrow for sure. And he's
0: sure. already he's already all over social like, "Bro, I should have had it." <laughs> like, yeah, hey, it's going to be a tough week. That's the way that it's going to go. Um uh you know, Mike, as we talk about this team, I think one of the things you referenced, you know, like replacing Calais, I think there was a lot made about it's not just Calais, right? It was Calais, it was Houston, it was, you know, Marcus Peters, and there was a lot of talk from dumb guys like me that you know, maybe this defense was gonna take a step back this season. It was gonna to have to fall more on the, the offense this year. How important was it for you guys as a unit to step up and say, you know, it, it's not about that? Like this is still the Ravens defense that we're talking about. We still have a responsibility to live up to that standard moving forward, no matter who might be gone.
12: Indeed. Um, I think that just goes without saying. The Ravens were the Ravens prior to Calais coming here. I was there for that part. Uh, prior to Justin Houston, prior to any of us in the room being there. So, um, no matter I mean, I don't think you even want to go in the season, assuming that your defense is gonna take a step backwards. But um no nah, man, we've had we had a great off season. Guys really came in, uh, we had really great attendance honestly. Um, just in the off season, just coming in and working through our OTAs, through our camp obviously. And um like I said, guys are hungry to make a name for themselves and you know. I don't know if they ever will ever have a name like to or Marcus Peters or whatever, but um, the steps that need to be taken, just the work that need to be put in was put in and honest each and every day. And um, like I said, the fruits of our labor are starting to show. So um, whether we have those big names or not, um, obviously we have a responsibility to uphold the standard of the Ravens defense. And like I said, we're just uh, having fun and we're doing it our own way. And so far it's been working. Obviously we're only two weeks in, but um No, that work has been putting in. uh, I'm glad that it's starting to show.
0: I love that, man. And then I just wanted to get caught up with you. How you feeling? Obviously, we talked about getting back on the field and how much that meant. But you know, it's it's wild to me watching you still put together some of these moves that you like. We've always known what an insanely gifted athlete you were. But you know, you reference that number starts with three now, right? And to still see some of these things that you're doing. How good do you feel? How have you managed to to stay in the shape that you stayed in throughout dealing with all these injuries the last couple of seasons to to still be the freakish athlete that you are at this point in your life?
12: Oh man, I feel great, man. Um, it's just a testament to um, you know God just giving me the ability to get back healthy. Uh, my wife for staying on me when I was down on myself, and uh, just the guys and the people I've had through our rehab with Doctor Curl doing my surgery. Um, the training staff, making sure I was back healthy. When I went back home for the offseason, season, Garrett Trumer at Godspeed did an amazing job with me. Um just being dedicated, man, and knowing that I love this game, you know, more than any other thing that I've ever done in my life. Um so for me the the work wasn't a question, it was just about if my body could hold up to getting back to, to speed and getting back to doing what I'm what I believe I'm able to do. So, um, nah, man, I've I've had an amazing team around me, starting with my wife, um, picking me up on the down days when I don't feel like I'm making any progress. And and, uh, once I was back to speed, man, just putting that work in and, like I said, Coach Weave trusting and allowing me to be a leader in the room, um, that's all the other motivation I ever needed, to be honest with you. Um, So to be a part of the head of Ravens defense is uh, more than I could ever ask for. So. Um, I didn't. I didn't need any more motivation than that. So, um, like I said, I'm just gonna take it week by week and uh, continue to progress as a player and uh, progress as a leader. So, uh, I'm. I'm just grateful, man. And just gotta kind of walk in that. Walk in that light.
0: Uh, bro, you are. Uh, you're amazing, and uh, I'm so happy for you. And to see that joy on your face after you recovered the fumble last week, man. Like that, it, I. It, it gave me a feeling, bro. Like everything that you've been through. It's just awesome to have you performing this way. And awesome to get great wins. Uh, May this continue. Let's keep catching up. We got to get you out. I'm going to talk to Tyus about getting you out for one of these shows this week. I'd love to have you come out and hang out with us. We can make that happen at some point, brother. Michael Pierce, always always appreciate you, dude. Thanks for taking the time for us. And uh, Let's just go keep kicking ass all season long, right? Yes, sir. That's
12: the goal, man.
0: That's Michael Pierce with us here on GCR. Uh, Very happy for him. That is very cool. And speaking of the Ravens, they're back in action this Sunday, and you'll be able to join myself, the NFL chick, Rita Hubbard, and a special guest after Ravens-Colts for the premier hangout post game. It is Project Game Day. We are with you. You can find us at pressboxonline.com slash gameday, and I believe starting this Sunday we'll also be on YouTube every game. But the other thing, too, is that we also send out a link so that you can join our Zoom conversation like we'll send the link out all you got to do is just hop in the room and then you can chat the same way that you'd be you know calling into a radio show or doing like a twitter space after the game we're just hanging out that's all it is and we got a cast and crew that's uh been sticking around and hanging out for games all season long which has been really cool i'm sure trippy's gonna jump back in and our buddy andrew Stecka and kz it's just a fun place to come hang out shoot the ass. It's not quite as formal as some other shows. It's a little bit more chill and relaxed. And last week we were all screaming at the TV as the Orioles were, you know, in extra innings against the Rays. Uh, Vontae Leach was having fun with it. It's just a really cool, cool thing. So it's Project Game Day. Pressboxonline.com slash game day. It's all brought to you by Superbook Sports and helpmygamblingproblem.org. When we come back in, tidbit tubular and yes i'll try the dumpkin spice before the show wraps up it's glenn clark radio why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book. Superbook Sports this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code Glenn Clark23G L E N C L A R K 23. So bet with the Best and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Maryland 5 Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit
10: What's up everyone, it's Tyus Bowser and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia.
0: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, September 26th at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports.
7: Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota deal. Today, all electronic tolling is
6: here to stay in Maryland, and driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource, home to easy pass, pay by plate, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. Driveeasymd.com will keep you moving.
5: Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for PressBox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your waiver wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? So, a lot of hullabaloo the last couple days about the hit that knocked
0: uh, Travis Hunter out. He's going to miss a couple of weeks. And um, there's a couple of elements to it, right? So the first is... The kid's name from Colorado State is Henry Blackburn. Uh, There was a big story made about he was receiving death threats, and, like, that's way over the top. I mean, it's way over the top, and we need to be able to say it's unacceptable. We also need to be able to say, but the hit was unacceptable too, right? Like, that doesn't, none of this justifies anything. These are separate thoughts. The hit was unacceptable. His reaction, his standing over... A little bit and flexing a little bit after the hit is is horrendous. It takes away all. Like, dude, I was just trying to make a football play and like,
1: well, it, that, but he couldn't even make that argument anyway because it was clear. Well, it was
0: clear that it was afterwards. But you can always say it, like th- these things happen so much quicker than we're willing to acknowledge. Yeah. Like, if he's getting over there to make a play and the ball's not there for us, uh, like it's. We're we're pretending like this happened 10 seconds after the play was over. That's not the case. All he's seeing is seeing red. There's a ball, receiver coming down the sidelines. He's seeing red. If that guy goes to catch the football, I'm breaking it up. Now, the fact that he stood over him a little bit afterwards, the fact that he flexed a little bit after it was clear, makes the intent question far more legitimate right there is gray area here for us to assume that we know that like this guy was purposely trying to be dirty or take travis hunter out of the game versus he was purposely trying to make a really hard hit we don't know we don't know it's not a good look and it's not acceptable colorado state apparently is not going to suspend him that's the the next awkward layer to it like we can say hey it's not okay to send death threats you got to get a hold of yourself you got to get like get a grip on your life if that's who you are and frankly you know we should be seeking these people out and arresting them like that's not a that's not a bit this thing where like nobody should ever be punished for anything where like if you're breaking laws and it is illegal to threaten someone's life we shouldn't just say Eh, it's football, like people, you know, get out of, no, you should be arrested, you should be in jail. It is, it is questionable. I can understand that the Colorado State coach, Jay Norvell, as much as he made an ass out of himself last week, and by the way, I did, some of the, like, if you read more into what he was saying, I don't know, some of the comments didn't come off the same way, that the hat thing was dumb. Like, that was dumb, and there's no getting around it. Trying to pretend like this is as dumb as when Colin Coward said it. It's as dumb as everybody freaking out about, you know, how John Fetterman dresses in the Senate. We we gotta get a grip as a society about these things. I don't
1: want my quarterback wearing a backwards hat. Yeah,
0: or, or, or Jane Orville being like, well, we don't wear sunglasses. Like, yeah. as if sunglasses have anything to do with anything about a person. It's embarrassing for you you're embarrassing for making it seem like it, it was embarrassing when Randy Edsel wanted his guys to cut his hair these things have nothing to do we, we've got to at some point evolve as a society I'm not suggesting everybody can just walk around naked or that you could but the idea that somehow somebody wearing sunglasses says something about their character and that's not what you want to be as a program get the entire F out of here should he be suspended I, It was a bad look. It was. was a bad look. I I don't have the correct answer to that question, and it sure as hell sucks for Colorado that they're not going to have Travis Hunter for the biggest games of their season coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Makes it really tough for you to go beat Oregon, USC without Travis Hunter. All right. uh, Today's show also brought to you by the Stand the Fan Variety Hour, which was back last night. Stan Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson, we're in action talking baseball. If you missed that show, find it at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the videos tab. Go to YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. I feel like I'm, like, welching out of the, the issue at hand, whether the kid should be suspended or not, right? Like, I'm just sort of saying.
1: I, I feel like.
0: But I I think there is more gray area than a lot of people. I think a lot of people, it's very emotional. It's very highly charged. It's. The Colorado, you know, the Colorado thing is bigger than that. It feels like it's there's a, a racial, you know, layer to it, an element to it, and we we lose context. I think if we stripped all of that context away, we would probably say this isn't okay. But I don't know that we would feel as charged about whether or not a kid should be suspended for as as bad as it was, and it was bad. When we say words like dirty, there are things that are utterly separated from football. I mean, completely separated from football. This, you can look at it and say, that kid was coming over to try to blow up a play on the sideline. And as quick as the game is played, for him to know with certainty or have enough time after he realized that, The pass was incomplete. To have held up, maybe, but to assume it is tough. I can't get the standing over part is the part. Right?
1: I'm gonna. I I would say I think he should probably be suspended for a game. And (sighs) or even if the NCAA should say something. Well, I don't.
0: I don't think the NCAA has any jurisdiction in these situations. I think it's the conference can suspend people or the school. Like I don't think the NCAA can suspend. If football, not for not for on field. I think they can suspend for like um, off whatever. Yeah. stuff that happens away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they can suspend um, for on field.
1: Um, but you know, if this these are the type of hits that football is trying to get I, rid of, I agree. And they this this is they need to they need to suspend him to show that there are reper, repercussions for i these type I, of hits.
0: Maybe it's not a game. Maybe it's a half. Right. Maybe it's to your point. It's to make a statement to mm-hmm. say this isn't acceptable. But to also acknowledge, but we know that it, it's probably not quite as bad as everybody's making it out to be. Yeah. Right? Like somewhere in between those two things.
1: So And the fact that, you know, that it looks so bad. Like the ball is on the ground before he no, I get it. I mean, goes it, and hits him. It, and the standing tough, over tough. like
0: you can't get over the standing yeah. the flexing part. Like you can't get over that part. Like that part you lose ambiguity in that moment. Alright. Uh I feel like there was something else that popped up today that I wanted and I just I never remember, and I didn't write it down. We're so Orioles Ravens centric right now, like we're yeah. just so tunnel vision locked in on Orioles Ravens that like everything else going on in the world of football. There were two football games last night. I We, I mean, of course, talked about the Nick Chubb thing.
1: Steelers offenses.
0: The, dude, the stat about this—did you see this number? Hang on a second.
1: Um, I want to—is it the like the defensive numbers or the? It
0: was the the fourth quarter. Oh, the fourth
1: quarter. Did you see uh, the stat about that the fourth one. quarter? Oh my god!
0: About the Steelers fourth quarter? Hang on a second. Let me let me uh, let me pull, let me pull okay. this guy okay. up real quick, real <laughs> quick. Let me pull this guy up. By the way, what a dreadful night of. I mean, just bad football. Like nothing. I, and, the... And, and the number. By the way, look at the Sunday night football schedule for the year when you get the chance, and tell me how many games you're actually excited about. There's a couple that at least involve a good team this Sunday this night. This week's is bad. Awful. I mean, awful. On the heels of you already had the Cowboys Giants debacle, this Sunday night was at least competitive. Like you got that after that is Chiefs Jets. So again, it was going to be good, you, can't, you can't blame them over right. that because it it seemed like it was going to be exciting and good. Now it's Drek Niners
1: Cowboys. Should yeah, be this good. Sunday,
0: by the way, for people that don't know, is Steelers Raiders.
1: Oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, what was the one? Uh, after that? Week five. Week five is Cowboys Niners. So yeah, that one uh, is
0: stands out. Yes.
1: Uh, Giants Bills. Giants look like uh, I don't know. They won, I guess. <laughs> no. Dolphins Eagles.
0: Yeah, that one's a that one obviously.
1: Uh, Bears Chargers, two zero and two teams right now. I mean,
0: we assume that the Chargers <laughs> at least are going to be better than that. Well, we say we assume we we think the Chargers might be better. than
1: Week that? nine is Bills Bengals.
0: Yeah, that one's a really good one. Yep.
1: Jets Raiders, week oh. 10. That one does the star, I think, means you can flex it. Yeah, right, that's I when think. you start getting okay. the flex yeah, territory. Yeah. Uh, so the, that one, yeah, Jets Raiders not good. So week 11. In, so of the,
0: of the weeks leading up to flex time, there's three. There's three good Sunday night football games.
1: Like, games that you're actually excited for. Week 11 is Vikings Broncos, which, uh, I don't know. No,
0: no. Well, what Vikings Bronco. Broncos? What are you pretending that's a good football well, game Vikings for?
1: We're good last year. Broncos, I think, are better. It's bet. Ba- it's too
0: bad football. Teams. We'll see
1: what happens. Thanksgiving night is a uh, Niners Seahawks.
0: Okay, I mean, at least I guess it could be worse. Like Ravens. Dude, it's, it's bad. It's bad. We we can we, we've, we I've accomplished what I need okay. to accomplish here. It's bad. A lot of bad bad. We got to deal with the Giants on national. The Giants, the Raiders, and the Steelers are all in primetime games this week.
1: The Peacock. Exclusive. I don't even remember what
0: next Monday is. What's next month? Is next Mo- Monday? Maybe is, next Monday was is good. That Giants something. No, Giants. Oh, F- Thursday, Giants forty right? niners is Thursday. So the Giants, the Steelers, the Raiders, and God, I like are all in primetime games. Of the, I remind me. I, I feel like maybe it wasn't that bad next Monday.
1: Next Monday is another doubleheader. Well, not really a doubleheader um, though, because it's seven. It's staggered, right? Yeah. Eagles Bucks at seven, and then Rams Bengals at uh eight. So.
0: I mean, at least there's some good. There are some good teams of the four of the eight teams involved in primetime this week. Three of them are good.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, the Bengals. And, are and too, I, so. I'm counting
0: the Bengals on that yeah. list. Oh, you are. I'm counting <laughs> the Bengals as a good team in order to get three. I at least. Well, Bucks saying, and
1: Eagles are both undefeated, so.
0: Let's not pretend the Bucks are. Let's not do that.
1: Two and zero against let's the spread as well. They ban- oh heroes heroes
0: <laughs> no question about that. Uh, From uh, Kevin Patra on Twitter, who's with NFL.com. The Steelers entered the fourth quarter trailing the Browns by three. Pittsburgh generated negative seven yards of offense in the fourth quarter. They won the game.
1: Oh God. I mean... Awful. It's just awful. How do they keep going with Canada? I don't... I I don't...
0: I I mean, I I don't know... You can tell me that it's Matt Canada's fault. There's nothing that I've... When everybody gets excited about Kenny Pickett, I'm like... I I get it. You could say gamer. You can say he's got a little moxie. But there is so much difference between gamer or moxie and good quarterback. And there is nothing that I have seen from him that raises to the next level of quality of quarterback. Like, can he make some throws? Yes, he can make some throws. Can he be a consistently high-level quarterback in the NFL? Still very early. There's still time. But I have seen nothing that makes me feel that way. I think he's a guy that's got moxie. I think he's a, you know, a, a fighter. I think he's a whatever you want to use, but I didn't see anything that makes me feel that way. And the other game was just an abomination. Yeah, was. Just,
1: I, they weren't doing them when they had the score bug in the corner. Well, they the score in the corner. of like Oh, it and like they just kept saying 6-3 yeah, the it six, entire three. time? I was like, I, I have, there's yeah, no, no reason. reason. And then they wanted to put that. it on half of your screen. Like, you couldn't just change the channel
0: to watch the other game if that's what you wanted. Ugh. Maybe just do a double header.
1: If I you, know that's what I'm like yeah, just, just do the no 10 10 p.m. start seven and ten. Kyle Schwarber hit a ball 800 feet yesterday. Did oh, that's you see cool. That?
0: That's cool. All right. Tidbit just, is brought to you today by uh, Superbook. Again, Glenn Clark 23 is the code. Use it right now. Superbook.com or download the Superbook app, and you will get a first bet, same day first bet match up to 250 dollars, win or lose. Again, Glenn Clark 23. Superbook.com or the Superbook app.
1: Noted good guy Marcelo Zuna hit his thirty uh, fifth home run of the season on Yay. Sunday. Braves now have four hitters that have thirty five home runs on the season. First time around MLB history that they had four players on the same team with thirty five home runs. Okay. Matt Olson, Acuna, Austin Riley, and now by the way, uh real quick, the
0: line is set for Ravens Colts, so it's Superbook.
1: I saw it was like it looks there's a lot of big lines this Wait, week. What do you think? What do you think? It was like seven or eight. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Yep. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of big lines okay. this week, I think. Um, well, which one? Oh, Gunner tripled again last night. Hell His yeah, ninth you, triple of the season. He is now tied for the seventh most by an Orioles hitter in a season. Can you name the six guys with more triples in a season? Twelve is the most. Gunner's at nine right now, so he has a chance. But uh, can you name the guys that had more triples, six of them? Uh, Brady Anderson. Brady Anderson is on the list twice, yes. Two seasons of ten triples. Um,
0: Adam Jones?
1: Adam Jones, not on the list. I, this is so... He had seven in 2008.
0: That
1: was his okay. most. Uh, God. All right, I got a uh, Ken Singleton. Uh, not Kenny Singleton. Oh, boy, this could be... This could be really
0: Cedric Mullins, not Cedric Brian Mullins. Brian Roberts.
1: Brian Roberts. No, Brian Roberts wow. is not ahead of him. Right. Brian Roberts. Uh, it's somehow Cal Ripken. Uh, nope. Eddie Murray. Nope. Frank Robinson. Brooks Robinson. Brooks is tied with Gunner, so no. Roberto ahead. Alomar. No, no, Raphael
0: no. Palmero. Is this the most random list of people that I've uh, ever? No,
1: I mean the, the the top four were are notable. There's
0: Paul Blair.
1: Paul Blair's number one. Twelve. He holds the Orioles record. Twelve triples in a season. I guess Singleton. Yeah, you guessed Singleton. Oh another friend of the program
0: another friend of the pro another friend of the pro sounds like it's Mike Bordick
1: it's not Mike Bordick but Mike is is warm is he? well Mike Mike, the guy's name is Mike there's a
0: Mike Mike Young no Mike Devereaux Mike
1: Devereaux oh Mike Devereaux I love Devo. yeah (laughs) another uh, friend of the program we had him on this season while we were celebrating uh, oh another 83 Oriole
0: Uh, Reneke.
1: not Renneke um but he did this in 73
0: oh Bombrey
1: Al Bombrey yes two more on the list uh they did an 89 and 84 sorry yeah 89 and
0: 65 89 and 65 uh 89 and 65 89 joe Orsalak?
1: nope he was he played one season with the orioles it was 89 it was 89 he 89, was a mariner before that
0: 89 who else was an hang on 89 orioles are actually Yeah uh 89 oriole 89 oriole 89 oriole phil bradley phil
1: bradley 10 triples that year in his lone season with the o's and then the other one you said was 65 tell me louise aparicio
0: oh louis aparicio i mean a hall of fame baseball player Mm -hmm. probably could have gotten there eventually needed more time for that one all right very good tubular is brought to you today by the baltimore county police department Join joinbaltimorecountypd.com is the website. Competitive salaries, great bonus structure, career opportunities. If you or someone you know is looking for a career change, or maybe you got a young person that's not that's struggling to launch, join Just go there, get the info, find out. You don't have to sign up for anything yet. They've got test dates coming up. You can find out when you can take the written test. Then you'll of course have to take the agility test as well. Background check, the whole thing. But just go to jointbaltimorecountypd.com and find out more about all of the great reasons why you should be looking into a career with the Baltimore County Police Department. Tonight, uh, Orioles game two against the uh, Houston Astros, 8 o'clock on Masson. Cal Gibson and Hunter Brown, the pitching matchup. Maryland soccer at Penn State, 6 o'clock on Big Ten Network. So before the game starts, you can watch some Maryland soccer. I've got uh, Penn Loyola soccer, 7 o'clock mm-hmm. on ESPN, Plus, and UMBC soccer takes on American at seven on ESPN plus as well WNBA playoffs Mystics Liberty game two at seven o'clock on ESPN Dream Wings game two at nine on ESPN all the rest of the baseball find at glennclarkradio.com. anything non-sports wise oh uh,
1: yeah a few things got new episodes of welcome to Wrexham only murders uh ahsoka on Disney plus, and uh, celebrity family feud at eight your boy Sam Rippert- Richardson uh ah. takes on Ben Schwartz and celebrity do love Sam Richardson celebrity family feud at eight on ABC and then the Saint of second chance that. well yeah the Saint of Second Chances on Netflix. Uh, this is uh, the ba- kind of ba- the baseball documentary documentary about Bill Vek, and oh, okay. uh, yeah, All and right. so like how they kind of brought fun into baseball. Uh, it looks really good. Daryl Strawberry has like a long feature on it. It's narrated by Jeff Daniels. Charlie Day plays like because it's like it's like a documentary also, but they like reenact everything. What? Yeah, like because Charlie Day plays the okay, young. I'm
0: more than a little confused by this. It looks good. It looks How about good. we can find it at Glenn Clark Radio. Yeah, K. yeah, yeah. It's on Netflix. I just remember we have to
1: wrap at 1230. Tonight. Yeah.
0: We got problems. Time problems.
1: So you're working on... Uh, I, I yeah, smell great. These are the <laughs> Dunkin' Spice Dude Wipes.
0: Oh, by the way, thanks today. I guess I should do all this right now. Um, thanks today to Ryan Ripkin. Thanks also to um, Kadri Smile, Michael Pierce, Joe Serpico. We'll get all of it up in the Greatest hit
1: section of the – Oh, my God. It's so good. Tab at
0: glenclarkradio.com
1: tomorrow. Tomorrow we will uh, – Jake Funk. Yes. Uh, Jake the Funk Indianapolis Colts. J- Drew good. Forster will be here. Oh, good. That's what we got? Uh, yeah. Oh, boy.
0: Things. Oh, boy. All right, thanks everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, Baltimore County Police Department, Dorchester County, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook, the Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass, Harford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Now. <laughs> can people see me on uh, this yes. one? Yeah, yeah, I'll switch. All right, so I can shift over to here. Off my there we go. There we go. Is your
1: is your mic on? On the. Uh, it should be. Oh, no, it wasn't. There we go. Talk again. Well, hear me now. Yes. Yes, we yeah, right. do. We, we hear you loud and good clear, good. Wonderful. Clark, uh, Wonderful. Via, Here's how us we via wrap Zoom.
0: up. <laughs> Here's how we wrap up today's show. All <laughs> right. So I lost the side bet last week for picks. It's what it is. Big loser. So, yep. As you saw, the Dunkin' Spice dude wipes right there. Which Griffin, I got to be honest with you, they smell great. You yeah. just might want to choose to use them. I know. Also,
1: I mean, they they do look they look intriguing for sure. They this smell is, phenomenal. So we'll tough. put
0: them out here at the studio. I can pulled out like four of them. All right. So the bet was that uh, we would uh, use them for wiping, but keep the camera on our face. I don't know. Hopefully, as Jeremy Khan brought up to me, I'm not sure that the sensation will feel anything different whatsoever.
1: Maybe later um, in the day. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like that. Uh but, you know, maybe maybe I'll have more pleasant smelling farts moving forward. Is the way that it'll go. So, Dumpkins. here we go. Um you've joined me on the toilet. Here is the wipe.
1: Oh, just like a regular wipe. I thought it, I don't know why I thought it'd be like orange or something.
0: No, just a regular looking wipe. And it definitely the feeling is no different other than, you know, it's it's a wipe. It's not like
1: toilet paper. Is it potent? Is it like
0: And um yeah, this was probably the worst Side bet we've ever done. Oh, is
1: because... that bad? No.
0: Well, no, I just don't know what to say here. Like, there was no sensation. Whatsoever. So, the smell,
1: the smell isn't like that potent or anything. It's not. The
0: smell is potent. It's okay. a lovely smelling wipe. I would encourage you to wipe yourself with the Dumpkin Spice. They pay us nothing, but it is a very pleasant smell for the Dumpkin Spice dude wipes. It is very pleasant. And I guess we can report back tomorrow about whether or not it changes the. The, the smell of my farts.
1: Okay, so right. that'll
0: be the that'll be the big. follow-up to use a sec, Do we need to use
1: a second wipe? You think, or just to make sure? No, I think we're good. I I agreed to do one.
0: Yeah, oh, now on. you're pushing it. Come on, you're I
7: agreed right. to
0: do one, but we can use the wipes in general, like for uh, around around the office.
1: That'll be <laughs> all right. What we good?
0: The I did I did what I was supposed to Yeah, I guess do.
1: so. So that that'll wrap it for today. Right.
0: Have a uh, have a great Tuesday night. Go uh, birds. Duke sucks.